Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Weaver. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we have a great podcast episode for you. We're going to be talking about the Anthony Davis trade. Boy wants out. We're talking about where the boy going to go. We're going to talk about the New York Knicks. We're going to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. We're going to talk about the Boston Celtics. We're going to talk about uh, Real Madrid. Probably not. Um, Then we're going to talk about uh, the Philadelphia City Sixers with our boy Jake. We missed him in April, so he's getting his second May Patreon topic. If you want to be like Jake, and this is a perfect segue, check out patreon.com slash podcast. We have a bronze tier where you can join our Discord and get early access to podcasts. We have a silver tier where you get all that stuff from the bronze tier, and you can throw out topics for any podcast that you want on a monthly basis. And then finally, at the gold tier, you could be like Jake and be on a podcast and talk about what you like to talk about. We're going to talk about with Jake what the direction for the Sixers will be now that they have, you know, not that they've officially brought back Brett Brown as their head coach. So we'll talk about that. And then finally, we'll wrap it up with something that has been long promised, long awaited. ATL is finally getting their best fit video. We finally know that they'll be picking 8 and 10. They got screwed by the lottery, so we'll talk about them for their fans. Uh, so shout out to the ATL, shout out to Hawks fans. Uh, y'all have been waiting for a very long time, so we're glad to finally give that to you. But again, check out patreon.com slash podcast. Supporting us would mean the world to us. We'd absolutely love it if you checked out that page and, and, and gave to us. We're trying to create the best content for you, and, and, and giving to us on patreon.com slash podcast makes that possible. But boys... Let's jump into the AD trade. We talked about a little bit with our uh, live stream for the draft lottery. Uh, We touched on it a little bit, uh, but let's get into it now. Uh, Officially, Shams reported that AD is not going to consider coming back. Uh, David Griffin wants to talk to him still, but most likely it sounds like AD is going to get traded. So where will he be traded to and what likely will be the package that he'll be traded for? Well, the thing I want to talk about first is... The whole, like, and this happened recently, where apparently the Pelicans owner was like, so, yeah, so Jackie Jackie Mack was basically like, she says, um, we've been told, I think, through channels, most of us have heard this um, same scuttlebutt, um, that basically he would not trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers over my dead body. Apparently... The Pelicans are now double backing on this. Where it's like, no, 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 no. I didn't say that. We're totally going to trade him to the Lakers. To where I'm like, you calling Jackie Mack a liar? Because Jackie Mack don't lie, Dave. That's what I know. I think he's going to be a Nick. Like, to me, yes, we talked about after the lottery, the three teams, Lakers, Celtics, and the Knicks. I think the Knicks are going to be his destination. And that they're going to pair him with Kyrie, with Kevin Durant. And I think with the Pelicans, the thing that this turns into that I really like is you can then get that number three pick and have a potential 
Zion RJ reunion in New Orleans. And to get more information on that Zion RJ reunion, you could check out the PTP with Sean mm-hmm. and I this Look week. Look at you. You're, you're <laughs> a goddamn host. Um, but yeah, we, we did talk about uh, RJ and Zion top possibly filling up, but we came to the conclusion uh, that you know we kind of want to see these guys on their own. Yeah, I think it would be a little bit a little bit special. We get to see a little bit more out of each one of them, you know, spreading their wings and growing metaphorically. I spread my wings and I learn how to fly. I think voice, the thing that I'm thinking is there's already a little bit of turmoil of wish. like, of course, Zion is not going to do what I want him to do. Like, I'll be completely honest What the herd mapped out. I wish that Zion would be like, sure, I'll do that. I'm going Go to pull out. No, no, no. Pull out of the draft. Call Popovich and say, I'm going to play. For, can I play for USA basketball and just play for USA basketball? Still get the Nike endorsement. Get to play with pros. Don't have to go back to college and can work with a class coach like Greg Popovich. That's what I would love him to do. He ain't going to do that, though. He's going to stay in the draft, and he's going to be a Pelican. And That's so terrible. No, no, no. But I'm saying, like, for the Pelicans, if anything to ease him, because we all saw his face when the Pelicans got number one. It was like a... Oh fuck! I'm going to. New I did world. not see that at all. Um, I totally. No, he, he did he not was, look. He, lo- he was like jumping up and down. He seemed giddy. Like mm. he seemed excited watching it. Like it just seemed like the yeah, lottery. He just seemed thing. like a big kid. Like there's a side angle of him that there was looked, a little bit of disappointment. I did in not see that eyes. at all. I think yeah. you're reading way too much into it. The dude's about to make a hundred million dollars from Nike on a, on a shoe deal. Like it doesn't matter. Like no shoe gonna be so good. And, and some people are like, oh, he's making missing out on so many sponsorships uh, because he's not gonna be in New York and L.A., which is probably true, mm-hmm. but also. This kid's got a ton of following already. This guy is going to make a ton of money. LeBron James has a lifetime shoe deal from mm-hmm. Nike, and he played in Cleveland. And Cleveland was nothing before he came there. So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, basketball-wise, wow. they were they were nothing. Basketball-wise, wow. they the were— disrespect to not, insert Cleveland player here. The, my my uh, Elo. The Craig thing, Elo. The thing I'm, the thing <laughs> I'm going to get back to, though, because that's not the point I was trying to make. The yeah. point I'm trying to make is if you are— Sorry. If you are trying to get him to feel comfortable— you make the trade to me with the Knicks to bring in someone who can also make him and help him feel comfortable in a situation he might not want to be in. But that's also because with the Anthony Davis thing, I think the Knicks have a better package than the Lakers. Why? Because with me, I personally, if I am the Pelicans, I do not want Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and um, Kyle, and Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma. Like to me, it's like and the number if, four pick. If it's not working for you. Why would I want that in New Orleans? It's not working for them because they've got LeBron James and they're playing a different offense around LeBron James and their timeline is to win a championship did with LeBron look, James. Did they look that much better without LeBron James? Because we've seen them with, with the year before, and without. I mean, to be fair, they won almost the same amount of games last year. Ingram so, also got hurt as yeah, well. So Ingram was hurt. They were out with, Lonzo out, out, was hurt. Out, out with Ingram and out with Lonzo So too. I want, guy, I want two with Alec, guys Alex with injuries. Yeah, I want two guys with injury history. Okay, but, but, but the potential is higher with, yeah. with Ingram than it is mm-hmm. Kevin Knox. And, yeah. you know, right now, I mean, you don't know if you're going to get Mitchell Robinson, but even then, mm-hmm. Mitchell Robinson's still a limited player. Fantastic defensive player, you know, really aggressive player, and, and, yeah. and really proved himself to be good. But, I mean, he's nowhere to the level that Brandon Ingram can be. And, you know, Kevin Knox, I think he's just a worse version of Brandon Ingram, and he's not as good as a passer. He's not as good as a, a, a driver. I mean, well, no, sorry. Not as good as a shooter. Kevin Knox is really good at driving. Um, but even then, like, you look at, you know, Lonzo Ball versus Frank Nielakina, Lonzo Ball wins that, clearly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think the Lakers yeah. clearly had the better package. The only thing the Knicks have is the third against the fourth. 
Yeah, well, and, and that's it. They also have the future picks because the Knicks have mm-hmm. the advantage of having those Mavs picks they can mm-hmm. toss in. So, and I don't, I feel like at this point that whole Lakers shit show that came out about, um, you know, we'll never over my dead body will we make a trade with the Lakers, mm-hmm. like. I think they're in damage control now, trying to keep the value up because they can leverage the Lakers' um, uh, pile of players and prospects that they're mm-hmm. going to offer versus a team like the Knicks and versus a team like the Celtics should they still want to go after him. So I think that's what, they're just trying to keep the value there. I think the Knicks are very likely now. I've, I know we talked about this before, and I was like, I, I think the Lakers have a good chance. And now I'm like, I think the Lakers are no longer like, when yeah. she said over my dead body... Old people don't say that unless they mean it, and mm-hmm. I, I believe her when she says that. So I, yeah, I am, but stuff just came out today that that's not even true. Like I, I'm not gonna I, call Jackie Mack a lie. I if I hear from not, the mouth I'm of Jackie Mack, I'm not calling <laughs> Jackie, Jackie Mac. McMullen a liar. I know. I just think that you know, I think that there's so much shit that was flying around. I don't know what to believe. I'm not saying Jackie Mack was there's, getting yeah, things yeah. information that was wrong. I'm not saying that people who reported stuff early on in the season was wrong. I'm just saying that people's mind yeah. could change, and I, I I don't know what the the, but the stance is. They have a tumultuous is. relationship already mm-hmm. because of that whole midseason. My agent's going to come yeah. out and say That's something. That's true. So but bridges if, if bridges you, have been burnt but, a bit. But you now got Zion, and if you're trying to rebuild those bridges and make a deal that's going to work out for both sides. Things can get paid. I don't know repaired. if I want Ingram with Zion. I'll be honest, and I, I know that's, I've been a big guy with Ingram. That's I like fair, them, but, but I'm just saying. I think I think those bridges can be repaired. Why don't you like that fit? I think both guys are probably going to work really. Uh, we know Ingram works really well with the ball in his hands. He's got a. He drives well. He he does the pull up shots. He's got good agility. It's just a matter of like, he's not a great off ball player. He's not a great catch and shoot, uh, three point guy. So. Yes, defensively, he's got the length. He's got uh, amazing hands, always reaching, always gripping for the ball. It's awesome. But I think offensively, he has to be sort of a centerpiece on a team. And I look at Zion, and I'm like, no, that guy is a centerpiece. That is how you can use someone you know, as just an absolute monster. I want his usage to be through the roof. Mm-hmm. I want the ball going through him on the offense. I don't want to have him be... Even as option one, I would prefer the ball in his hands when he even brings up the court some of the times when you don't have your primary point guard on the court. And I think that's very much Brandon Ingram. They have similar roles to how they best succeed in my mind. So I think there's just a lot of overlap there. I would love to see hit. Honestly, I think the, like the Lonzo Ball thing would be cool. I think Kuz would be a great fit on that team. I don't know if the value is there without BI, though. Mm-hmm. So I look at the Knicks and I look at the Celtics again. The Celtics, obviously, with the Kyrie whatever's going on and Terry coming out and basically saying, F you guys, I'm leaving. Uh, I don't know if they still want him. I don't know if they still are going to take a stab on AD with one year of contract guaranteed and the hopes to re-sign him. You've got an older Al Horford who, at the end, was getting a little uh, little tired. Uh, he's still a pretty good player, but mm-hmm. basically, how much can you keep in stock while getting Anthony Davis on the team and expect to make a run in the East where, yes, we don't know what the Raptors will look like next year. We don't know what the Sixers will look like next year. we got a pretty good idea what the Bucks, who right now are about to be up 2-0 mm-hmm. on the Raptors, are going to be. <laughs> Dave, so, Dave calling that, like, I think it's well into the third. And Dave's like, I'm just going to call it's, while we're it's, recording. It's over. <laughs> now watch, they make a comeback. Uh, but, they might make a comeback in series. I, I think you bring up an interesting point about Ingram. However... 
is he just going to be only? I mean, because he is still young. Oh, he's super young. Yeah. Is he only going to be a guy that works with the ball in his hands? Because obviously we talked about it with you know him playing off Zion, but I also think you know we saw it. You know, I think him and RJ Barrett are somewhat similar, and we saw that work uh, at Duke. I think that you know obviously Brandon Ingram you know with the ball in his hands is better, like RJ Barrett is. Um, mm. But I still think that he could be a decent three point shooter off ball. I, I still you know his. His percentages aren't too off from what they were last year. He played less games, so the the percentages are actually worse. But you know, he was forty one of one hundred five in a sophomore year, and then he was thirty one of ninety four. So it was like thirty nine compared to thirty three. But the actual difference wasn't that much. Right. Um. He he made ten less, but also shot eleven less. So it's like, and, you know, it, it's kind of cutting hair there. Um. Right, but. It, it's I, a situation of how many of those were catch and shoot, and how many of those were a dribble up. Yeah, I, and but it, my my thing is, I, I still think that he can be a guy that can still be effective and, and still grow because he's yeah. only twenty one right now. Yeah, and he's going to be twenty two September second. Yeah, but so I I, I think Jason that he Tatum's can, like fourteen. Counterpoint. Is, no, Tatum's like, Tatum's going to be twenty one, isn't he? <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm yeah I know you're too funny. much time on Reddit. Mm-hmm. He's he just turned twenty one. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're both similar. And I, I, why, why do you like Tatum compared to Ingram more next to Zion? I think Tatum's just a, a very uh, prototypical wing in the NBA today where I see what I see what Ingram can be, but it, it feels too ball dominant where Tatum, I feel like, ball in his hands, he's deadly, but he's we've also seen him in smaller roles succeed being able to be a great catch-and-shoot player when it's team-focused basketball he was able to succeed last year in the playoffs this year obviously disappointed the playoffs but regular season he was still pretty good when he had the time to shine it's just they were so buried in wing depth and they didn't really have enough to go around to feed all those mouths you know you're trying mm-hmm. to keep um players uh, egos fed and obviously jalen brown and jason tatum are the two lowest guys in the totem pole even though they're your you know future stars perhaps I just think that Jason Tatum is the number two to Zion Williamson. That pairing gets me excited. But I don't know if they're going to be able to give enough outside of Tatum. And I think the difference between Tatum and, and Ingram isn't enough for me to be like, all right, well, let's write off the Lonzo Ball thing well, and, is it draft and picks Ingram. This year? They've got, you know what, three first-rounders? Yes, uh, 14, 20, and 22. 22. Yes, because I think they're right behind uh, OKC, too. Surprisingly, um, I don't have Tankathon up for like yeah, the first time. Yeah, because I think like Utah's 23, Philly's 24, five 25 seconds. is... Uh, it is 22, yeah. Boston. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I, I want to bring up is, you know, after playing 35 games with LeBron, Ingram started to find a consistent rhythm, and in the last 17 games before he, he was out, 22.5 points, uh, 3.1 assist, 5.5 uh, rebounds, 40% from three. And, and it was only on two a game, but... I think that if he's next to Zion, the biggest thing that can change for him is he doesn't have to fit in a role. That was something that you know when he's playing next to Lonzo Ball, he has to be a spot-up shooter because Lonzo's going to control the, the offense consistently, and he's going to be able to you know dribble in and dish out to Ingram, and Ingram's going to be a spot-up shooter. Um, and obviously that changed you know later on in the season when we saw point guard Ingram, yeah. uh, and, and he changed, and we saw this development. And then right away it was just going right back to it because, oh, now LeBron's there. I think Ingram in New Orleans, Zion isn't that type of player that needs the ball in his hands and he's going to be a, a, a distributor. He might clog up the lane, which I won't like for Ingram, but I also think Ingram in the mid-range is pretty damn deadly. And I think if Ingram starts growing that confidence and being like, well, I can just attack 
any place on the floor that I want, then that's going to be huge for him too. And we already know that Zion's an offensive rebound machine. He is. So I kind of like that Ingram fit more okay. than Tatum because Tatum, yes, he's going to get his own shot. He can be his own person. And Jason Tatum's one of the smoothest kids out there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's got such a smooth, clean finish and polish to his game. Yep. I just think that Ingram's intrigue is so much more than, than Tatum because I think Tatum is kind of developed already. I mean, Tatum Tatum's always going to be more, you know, he, he can always grow his efficiency. He can always grow, you know, his strength and stuff like that. But I think we've kind of seen the bag of tricks from Jason Tatum, and I, I don't really know what else he can yeah, add to his game. offseason. I think no, you're, but I, you're I, selling I, short on his no, development. No, I, I think he has a very mature game is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I don't know what else he can add to become more dangerous. Like, yes, he can become more efficient, so he's going to be, you know, he, he could bump up his points to like 25, 25 a night on, on decent efficiency. Um, but I don't know if he's really going to be able to develop this this game. Some additional to like some, mid-range moves. Exactly. Like, I don't know what else he can. slash and finish at the hoop. He can really add. Yeah. Where Ingram... He can become, and I know this is the the, the pre-draft comparison. Say it. He can become Kevin Durant. See, mm. he can become it just because just because six Much nine seven three wingspan. But but I think the shot's <laughs> still there. I think I I think he could still develop that shot because we've seen we've seen the stroke is there. Yeah, the difference is it's, Kevin Durant had the shot like at Ke- fifteen. Kevin Durant, yeah. yeah, Kevin Durant's different. The greatest sure. shooter. He was just, he was just yes. skinny. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, without a doubt. And, mm. and, and we can mean Brandon Ingram's bone. Yep. I, I just think that if he gets an offseason where he puts it all into oh, yeah. working on a shot, I think the form's there. I think he's really he's got a quick release. He's he, it's it's all there. I think he just needs to keep working on it. And and it can really develop. It's not KD level, because mm. obviously again, like you're hundred percent right. KD stepped in, had an NBA shot right away. I just think that he can really develop and and take it to the next level. It's kinda like what Jake was saying. You know, we were kind of judging guys too early. He's about to be 22, and I think that he could take those next steps to be a, 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 an all-around three-level scorer with his, especially with his length, because mm-hmm. that's something Tatum doesn't have. Is that yeah. seven-three wingspan? That that six-nine size too. Yeah. Like like Ingram it's is silly. very very long. The one thing I will say, and I had this thought today, um, and this is actually in favor of the Laker deal. Um, this is the only positive I can think of from the Lakers offer is that I don't have to trust David Griffin with draft picks. And you might sit there and go, trust David Griffin like rookies, like yeah. built teams. What's up? This is what I was looking at. So during his time in the at the Cavaliers, these were his draft picks. The first one was Kyrie Irving. Pretty, Pretty fucking hard to mess that one up. Um, because the whole thing I keep hearing is he's so lucky. He's gotten how many how many lotteries has he has he won in five years? To be fair, Kyrie was the guy who only yes. played in a couple games. But I mean, out of that draft injury. class, Kyrie was the number one pick. It was, was sort of hard electric. to screw that up. Sort of um, the next year, one they lost. They were at fourth overall. Took Dion Waiters. So I mean, not the worst pick, but also yeah, when you do look at what's after. Damian Lillard was in that draft at six. No one's I know. Take Damian Lillard. I know. After you take Kyrie no, I know. Irving. I know. I know. Can't I know. Do that they too. already had Kyrie Irving, but then the next one is the big one. Instead of taking Victor Oladipo, he takes Anthony Bennett. And then I get that the Andrew Wiggins one was they took Andrew Wiggins because LeBron was coming back. They traded him for Kevin Love, and then basically every other draft pick was out of 
the lottery because LeBron was on that team. And I look at that and I go, mainly it's the ones of like, I'm not saying they should have drafted um, Damian Lillard, but also I look at that Anthony Bennett one and I go, so out of the lotteries that David Griffin has won, really there was only that Kyrie Irving one that was kind of like the main one. So like there's, to me, there's a little bit of, is this the same thing with the Pelicans? Is this the same thing repeating himself? David Griffin comes in, he gets the can't-miss guy at number one, Zion Williamson. And the Pelicans are going to be in the lottery That's again next year. For. I get that, but it's like, <laughs> you get like, they're going to be in the lottery next year. Is he going to hit if they're not number one? They're not getting that main guy? The thing I think is how this is going to play out. You think out, they're going to be in the lottery next year? I think so. I think the Pelicans are totally going to be in the lottery next year because Anthony Davis ain't going to play a game. Zion will be good. Yeah, but they're going to trade him to get yeah. assets. I still don't Zion. think they it's make the playoffs talent, in the West. So. Yeah, I don't but think they make the playoffs. young talent that has just played with LeBron, technically, if you're going with the Lakers, mm-hmm. right? And if not, you're going to the Knicks and you're getting R.J. Barrett, who's pretty that fucking team good. team without LeBron... Didn't make the How playoffs often does in the first place. Go to the playoffs. What, are you, what are you talking about? It's the, so year like, before, the, the year before LeBron came? Yeah. If LeBron didn't come, that team was about to be a, a playoff team. That's what I was saying. Healthy before that. that. Yeah, we so were, I, yeah. I, was, I was super but high yet on again, that team. So you're not going to convince me that again, team wasn't going to be a playoff healthy. team. Healthy. Like, I mean, that's another thing, too, is their health. They all got to be of on course, the court at the same time. wise, they can be a playoff team. Here's what I think is going to happen in this ultimate scheme of the Anthony Davis trade is. First, to go back to the comments, because the one thing I was going to say that I didn't is I don't think it's like, oh, Jackie Mack's a liar. It's like, oh, I don't think that this over here. Here's what I think this that whole situation was, where it's basically, I'm going to say this comment, not thinking it's going to get out. Oh, shit, it got out. Now I have to play damage control. How I think everything is going to go because of everything we have on the table the Lakers are probably going to sit there, and it's going to be the Knicks that press hard first. They get Kevin Durant. They get Kyrie Irving. They really need to get the third piece in Anthony Davis. You also have Boston, who with Kyrie gone, they might bring but, Scary Terry back. So it's like, hey, you'll be starting now because Kyrie's not going to be there. But at the same time, are they going to want to make that move, give away young talent? I think that the Celtics don't make that move. They stick with the young talent. They go, we go with the draft picks because we were in the play. We are a better team without Kyrie Irving. We're going to go and just double down and go with our draft picks. I think what's going to happen is the Pelicans are not going to want to trade them to the Lakers. And there's a surprise team that could levy their way into it that also has draft picks who could also be getting Kawhi Leonard. Don't sleep on the L.A. Clippers. If they get Kawhi Leonard and they look at it and go, hey, we got young talent that we got from that Philly deal when we traded Toby, and we've got draft capital to pair Anthony Davis. Who do they have of the level of Brandon Ingram or Jason Tatum to entice that deal? With So it's not the players that they have aren't the same level. With that, it's the draft capital. Don't bring up the 2020 Heat pick. No, it could be anything. They've got the... They've got their own pick. They've got the Heat pick. They've got a Philly pick. And I know that the Philly pick is like, ooh, it's a playoff pick. But, yes, that Heat pick is and the one that's most their, covered. Their pick right now is a, a playoff pick. Yeah. And then the Heat pick is 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 2021 mm-hmm. where the this bet. team might not even, you know, they're, they're, it's it's a chance that it mm-hmm. might be the high school draft and it's a chance that it might be in the lottery. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's the most overblown draft pick in ages like that that's not a for sure like the the nets were kind of a first for sure mm-hmm. for sure after they played like 10 games uh that season 
I, I, I don't know about this. Like, the Clippers, that's not enticing me if I'm the Pelicans. Well, you, you cannot the give me of, the value that I need for, for Anthony Davis. At the end of the day, I think it, it's going to come down to two things. I am going to take the—although the word is, hey, I didn't mean to say that, I'm sitting there going— Eh, yeah, you fucking did. Um, that's what I'm looking at it. I'm kind of trying to see through that bullshit. I think at the end of the day, it's the Knicks, the Celtics, and if the Clippers want to get involved, I think the Celtics pull their name out because they're just like, you know what? We're not going to do this. We are not going to make this rash of a decision. In the end, it'll be Knicks and Clippers, and then it's basically which pick do we want, the Dallas pick or the Miami pick? That's what it's going to come down to. I think that ultimately it's going to just come down to the Lakers, and if the Pelicans want to make that deal, I think that they're they're going to be able to offer the the best. I mean, it's I think it's. I mean, they could settle like that would be. I think it's going to come. Down, I think it's going to come down to the Knicks or the Lakers. I think Boston's immediately out of it because I think the Pelicans are going to want to make that deal as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to have to. They're going to want to wait until July first to make really? that deal. I mean, you want? Wouldn't What's you want to rush? Wouldn't you want to get the young players in immediately? To then start, you don't get to work, work them out. What do you mean? Like, there's, I, I don't understand. Like, it's but, not like you can, you can watch summer league. Big deal. Like, it's. <laughs> I don't understand. You, you can, you can at least have the basis of your roster. You can know these guys. You know who these guys are playing with. Especially if you're getting like an RJ Barrett in this Danny deal. Ainge. That way, you know these guys are playing together. They can still, you know, work together and, and build a. Schmeh. Unless Danny Ainge calls the them up and goes, "Hey, I'm picking want? here. Who yeah. would you want? I'll pick them for you." I think there's a handshake deal in place. Maybe that that I could definitely see, but. but I I think I don't that see the rush. I think that going out. I, wh- when would you think to trade him then? I think when you get the right offer. I mean, it, yeah. it's just like once you hit your check mark. I'm sure they've got and, a line in the sand for each team. Like mm-hmm. it would take this from your team. Yeah. Say you were you were the Bulls. It would take this. You were the Cavs. Mm-hmm. It would take this. And that's that's all it is. Is there? I'm sure as a GM, he's going in there, and David Griffin's going. All right, where's our line in the sand for each of these teams, mm-hmm. and where are we okay with moving? And we can have some wiggle room, obviously. But like, that's what that's what I expect him to be doing as a GM is understand. You know, all right, we're gonna field calls from everybody for the next month, mm-hmm. and it's not like I'm gonna say no to everybody. But unless I hear the right, you know, give me an offer that blows me away, then I'll say yeah, sure, we move forward. But I don't think they're. They're not under any reasoning. They have to move forward with a trade on Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. They hold all the power in this situation. Anthony Davis isn't doing shit for the rest of the summer anyway. Now there are they. Like there's, you don't win and lose the offseason by you know, rushing into a trade, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, also, to support Griffin a little bit, he also did a good job as far as managing that roster around oh. with the amount of guys in and yes. out of that team and that locker room. Mm-hmm. They made a lot of moves to, to make sure they had support staff for LeBron going forward. So... I, not just I mean, the, the draft ma- picks you want to take a shot at. Him man- so he's done. Managing LeBron is something that is very difficult. And I the will support staff to LeBron. Yeah. Well, because if LeBron's not happy, your team's not going anywhere. Exactly. LeBron's yeah. like, get me 17 new players. He's like, fine, mm-hmm. I'll do it. And he did. Like, <laughs> what more do you want from a guy? Yeah, long term, you know, the, the Cavs are going to pay the repercussions. Mm-hmm. But guess what? They got a ring. None of that yeah. shit matters. And now the Lakers are going through that same thing of what happens when you have LeBron. But to go off of your point, Dave, and that's why I kind of th- I threw out the Clippers is, Sean, you were like, well, when's this deal going to get done? I'm kind of sitting there and I'm agreeing with Dave. When that right deal comes, and I don't think we get that this offseason. Do you think we're going to hit regular season? I still no way. I think I'm not saying it's like I'm not saying like 95. I'm sitting there, and I would not be surprised 
if Anthony Davis is still a Pelican at the beginning of the year. Mm -mm. And the reason why I say that is the thing that I look at if I'm the Pelicans is I don't want to mess this up. I don't. You can't mess this up. Like you got to get the package that you are a hundred percent happy in. If you have any doubt, you're not going to pull that trigger. Okay. And that's what I think. And that's why I bring and up. And here's why it's going to get done. Lakers aren't going to fuck around because mm-hmm. you want to make LeBron happy and you want to be able to then go after Kyrie Irving yeah. in free agency. Knicks aren't going to fuck around because you want to get those three: Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Anthony Davis. You want to be able to secure those free agents immediately. Mm-hmm. And Boston's not going to fuck around because they got to get Anthony Davis at least in or at least agreed to, so then they can re-sign Kyrie Irving if they do want to go after that game plan. That one they're stuck waiting. So that's that, the handshake deal in yeah. principle. And but but you still want to be able to go to Kyrie on July 1st and say, hey, I understand things did not work out here, but we're going to try to make the best to where you're not playing alone. You're playing with veterans, and you're playing with a guy in Anthony Davis who you want to. And Boston, while it didn't work out here, at least you know last year, we're going to move away from Terry Rozier, guys that you had conflicts with, in the the locker room, and we think you can be such a massive piece to this 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 franchise that we're going to keep you, Kyrie Irving, as a centerpiece, and Anthony Davis, and we'll team you up so you don't have to deal with these young guys. You could play basketball with your friend. And Kyrie's going to go. That's great, but uh, I already got this blue on. This blue looks really good. This blue Why and orange. Why would he go there if on. he has Anthony Davis? Or is Kevin take more money? Because Kevin Durant. I'm sorry, the purple and gold. He could take more yeah. money and play with Anthony Davis. I mean, I'll take Kevin Durant over Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is younger. Kevin Durant's better. Anthony Davis is younger. Kevin Durant's way better. It's not way better. Yeah. I one's, think Kevin, one, one's Kevin a top Durant's seven player, one's a top AD. two player, and one's also older and going to be 35 at the end of the contract, and the other one's going to be 30. Yeah, I'll take Kevin Durant. I'll take Anthony Davis. I'll take, I'm winning For rings the, with Kevin Durant. I, I'm not I winning rings with win. AD. You can, I would take Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving for the next five years and Kyrie Irving Katie. I'm going to say there's a better chance of winning team, a though. ring. Like, it, if you're talking about the Celtics, like you're still saying on Al Horford and Gordon well, Horford's Hayward. gone at the year at the end mm-hmm. of the year. No, I'm saying like this year, I would I would say they have a way better chance of winning a championship mm-hmm. than the Knicks would. Smart's with coming just, back too. Yeah, with just Kevin Durant and uh, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving, Mitchell Robinson, and Mitchell Robinson, and, and Lonzo well, Trier, Dotson. and Dotson. And the thing to no go Mar- back to no. what Fuck. you were saying, which, no Ron Baker. That's how Who's taking the shots, goddammit? Who is making the shots? Because you make a good point. Like, all the other teams, the Knicks, the <laughs> Lakers, they're going to want to press to get it done, but who holds the power in this? The Pelicans. If they don't want to make <laughs> yeah. the deal, they're not going to make the oh, deal. Okay, but you're saying they're not going to get their offer. The Lakers are going to be panicked to make I, the offer, and they're going to not fuck around and make the yet offer. Yet again, the Knicks like are going to fuck saying, around, and they're going to make the offer. This is a me personal of I know, how I'm looking just, into it. I don't think a deal gets done with the Lakers. I believe the words that I hear of, like, there's a reason you said it, because you believe, like Dave said, old old people say what they mean. Ricky, I'm a guy over here that has lost a car, Mm -hmm. that has painted his face, that has lost his house. You're going to wear a Knicks jersey. You you had the inkling that the the Pelicans were going to get the number one pick. I have been wrong so many times. Yep. I am just saying my piece. You're saying your yep. piece. I'm not no, saying no. I'm right. I'm not saying you're wrong. And that's where... I just think I just I would find it hard mm-hmm. that by July 1st we don't have a clearer idea of where Anthony Davis is going to go because teams need to make free agent pushes. And the thing that I was looking at, Dave, before you give your wild card bitches, is if it goes into the regular season and these wild cards come out, the only teams I looked at was. Who's got extra draft capital? Mm-hmm. And he's these are the teams that do. Not saying that they're all going to trade for him. Yeah, There's only three. The Hawks, 
the Bucks, the Clippers. And two of those, I don't think, like, the Hawks, it's not in the timeline. I don't think 100%. AD, I John Collins, <laughs> two first-round picks this year. And and I had prepped this because that was my wild card. Pick. Yeah, because I kind of love it. Think about it. You kind of love John it. John Collins is a perfect trade-off piece. I love John Collins. He's a fucking hype monster. But at the same time, Anthony Davis, guys. Anthony Davis, <laughs> Trey Young, Kevin Herter, the 44-year-old... Vince Carter locking it down at the three. Which pick you? Tri- are you which- I'm putting both. Both of them. Okay. Both this year. More next year. <laughs> you get this done. Are you is kidding the, me? Is the Cleveland pick involved? That's a that's a four seed in the East next year. <laughs> no what, joke. What's your run? Give me that starting roster though next year. Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Vince Carter. No, Torin Prince. Vince Carter. Vince Carter. Torin Prince. Who got minutes that when the games counted? Tor- Vince Carter. Torin Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Davis, Dwayne Dedman. Like, that roster is going to the playoffs in the East. You can't tell me it's not. Jesus Christ. I love it. I love it. Could you imagine these Hawks fans that are like, I, all all bummed out that they have like the 8th and the 10th, and it's like, oh, yeah, we're getting Anthony Davis. You're about to get a segment talking about the Hawks later. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even want it now. Yeah. You just want to hear about Anthony Davis on the Hawks playing with Trey Young. I Can would, you imagine the pick and roll? I would love, pick and pop? I would Fuck. love if Anthony – could you imagine the Pelicans if they – because that would be a complete like, you know what? Fuck you. To both well, AD and, and to all the teams that wanted to trade for I think Anthony him. Davis would love the ATL. And you, and you know, and you know who, who we're not talking about? Mm-hmm. We're not talking about Zion and, and, and RJ playing together. We're talking about Zion and Cam playing together, baby. Oh, the God. team's getting back together, baby. <laughs> also. And you're getting Goga. Goga. Also. Goga. Look at the... Look at the Hawks as a sneaky, attractive option for free agents. They've got money to spend this offseason. So huge, we're not just talking about Anthony Davis coming. We could go ahead and sink like a Clay Thompson. Ooh. Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson. I guess I would put Vince Carter to the bench then, <laughs> but stubbornly. So you got Trey, Clay, Herder. Yeah. Trey and Clay? Trey, Clay, Herder. <laughs> I mean, that's Anthony Davis and Dwayne Dedman. They could go after a boogie. I'm sorry, they Steph, could, they but Trey and Clay's got a better ring. They could reunite it, boogie and AD. Dave, I fucking love it. I'm going to go we're home at, and play 2K. We're, we're, ending, we're ending the segment. We can't beat this. This is the greatest thing. Hawks, trade for Anthony You're Davis. You're welcome. This is the best damn thing in the world. Yeah, trade for Anthony Davis. That would be fun as fuck. Yeah, because the uh, only other team that's got draft capital is the Bucks, and I don't think Giannis and... Giannis and AD are not going to work together. My, my wild card's the Cleveland Cavaliers because fuck that come out of nowhere. Um, yeah, because the package of Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson's really going to get them going. And picks. <laughs> and JR. And JR. <laughs> JR. Um, Keep the soup away. Mm-hmm. Now, mi- well, it'll be the gumbo mi- in New Orleans. Mi- I think, I think the gumbo. wildest card would be Minnesota. And it's Wiggins, AD, and future picks. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, horrible. So many future picks. Yeah, it'd be so bad. <laughs> Uh, all right, just, just keep him away from Chicago. Who? He doesn't want to come AD. to Chicago. That's I know. Why do you want to it? keep him away from Chicago? Because he'd be the biggest would, superstar since Michael that, Jordan. Yeah, but that would set us back. We're, we're not on that timeline. How would it set us back? We're not on that timeline. I Sean. said us. That's how pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> how would it set it back? <laughs> we are not going to win a championship with AD. We'll go to the playoffs. You, and know, what, you know what's going to help you more win a championship? Getting AD than not having AD. Yeah, but we'd have to give up too much to get him. What? So what would you have to give up? Markinen. Yeah, like pretty the, much the our seven? entire young talent and picks. Well, you're marketing? Yeah. The seventh? Yeah. You might have to give up uh, Otto to match contracts. Otto? Probably another young piece, maybe a like se- a Wendell. Uh, probably probably the f- a future first. Yeah. 
But like, because think about your Laker offer of Lonzo, Ingram, and Kuzma. I don't think they're actually going to do that. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be two players. I yeah, think, I it's, think it's probably two. Even if it's Lonzo and Ingram, I think it's Ingram, Lonzo, and the fourth. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we have to look at the Kawhi trade. Kawhi was the top. Was them putting the Kuzma player, on the podium? Like, them saying like, "Hey, you're the one we're not going to trade." Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think be? the thing with I think just, just thought about that right now. <laughs> I think the thing with at least. You know, you got to look at the Kawhi trade. Mm-hmm. Top ten player, just like Anthony Davis. You got an All Star in Demar Derozan. You got Jakob Pertl, and you got a uh, uh, the um, the twenty seventh pick. Yep, that's I mean, not crazy. That's not much. Like you, you got so the All Star Zach, a young player in the seventh. If we're going similar, but like the seventh is way better than the twenty seventh. But that would be like Hutchinson. Hutch? That, that's that's a comparison of Pertl. Yeah, it would be. Um, it's a spot on comparison too. I I don't know. I that sounds like highway robbery somehow. <laughs> yeah, because it's Anthony fucking Davis. <laughs> and also, we didn't know what Kawhi was going to do, and Kawhi was not a for sure certain. Like, it feels like wherever Anthony Davis is going to get moved to, he's it feels like he's going to sign. It just feels like he doesn't want to play in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of getting that feeling out of him. I don't know. I I don't know. I, I think that I, I I'm I'll put if I put fake money because I'm not putting real money. God no. <laughs> I'll say like I lost so much already. I'll say Lakers for some reason. I don't like Rob Polinka. Like what? No, fuck it. It's the Knicks because I was wrong last year about the Lakers, and I'll be wrong this year about the Knicks. I'll I'll hedge my bets. So either I'm right about the AD stuff or I'm right about the KD Kyrie stuff, mm-hmm. and that way I'm either losing I'm I'm losing fake money or I don't have to wear uh, a Knicks jersey. What a pussy bet. Then in Thanks. that case, I'm going hedging wild. my bets, baby. In that case, I'm going wild card, bitches. It's the Clippers. It's the the Clippers going to get AD. Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> I love it. To Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins reunion tour. Jeez, young player. Malik Monk, the twelfth pick, the moist one. Miles Bridges, Frank Kaminsky for Anthony Davis. <laughs> Michael Jordan throwing six first rounders. Michael Kidd Gilchrist counts as six first rounders. But let's move into the next topic, and that is wet boys. We are going to be talking about the dampest of dudes, the soggiest of shooters, the moistest of men. This. These are our wet boys. Uh, I still can't talk, but that was the best take we got, so yeah. fuck it, let's do it. This is where we give credit to the guys that absolutely popped off, had historic performances, or were just uh, Steph Curry in the past two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky, give us your Steph Curry of the day. No, yeah, mine's Steph Curry. Like, this guy went <laughs> off. Basically, yes, just, he did. it's like, Kevin Durant? Oh, we don't have Kevin Durant? Oh, yeah, that's right. The Warriors are still really fucking good at basketball. What have I been telling you guys forever? You've been swearing a lot on this I podcast. Know, I love it, fucking though. Love it. Um, but the thing is, well, it, this gets me heated. It gets because me going. I love how, like, listening to the herd and listening to the jump Yikes. and listening, You're like— You're wasting your time. And listening, like, no matter where you go, my point is, everyone's like, well, we forgot how good the Warriors are. And I'm sitting there going— I've been telling you this since right before Kevin Durant got we injured. We know Colin doesn't that watch. They are good. They are good. It Things was Colin disrespect. Wrong. Very Everything. much wrong. But Steph Curry blowing up. He's my wet boy this week. Don't Dave? blow it up. He's a Warriors. <laughs> Dave. My wet boy is also Steph Curry. My Steph Curry of the week goes to Steph Curry. Game two. Game two, apparently. I don't even care which game it is. I was picking the Skyfucker anyway. Doesn't matter. <laughs> like, he's just that good. He's just incredible. The stat. 
uh, I believe they're 30-1 and one in games with Steph Curry and mm-hmm. not Kevin Durant. Yeah, and he yeah. hasn't missed a free throw since 2015 in the uh, in the, in the NBA Finals. Yeah. Fourth quarter free throw. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's Something fourth quarter? Like, yeah, only in the like fourth 79 quarter. of 79 or some shit yeah. like that. So the last time he missed was insane. a 2015 NBA Finals. Something absolutely disgusting. So it is historical. Mm. It's disgusting, and I love everything about it. I'm sorry, Portland. You are an amazing team, but like your strength... Also, just happens to be Golden State's yeah. strength. So sorry. Yeah, and my guy is uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I was going to make a joke and say Nikola Jokic, but I'm so tired, I forgot. Um, <laughs> so my guy's Kawhi Leonard. He hit the shot. I mean, come on, like the, that yeah. was the the greatest shot the in Toronto Co- Raptors. The Kobe esque shot. That was absolutely insane. I don't know about Kobe esque. I don't. Remember Kobe, Kobe wouldn't have bounced that. four times. Um, yeah, Kobe would have. That switched. was that was absolutely insane. The the. You know, just the drama of it hanging up there. The, the great, photo. The great mic work, too, of TNT, where you actually hear the ding, ding, yep. ding. It's like a movie. It was fantastic. We used the photo in the uh, the Wet Boy thumbnail, so you guys probably saw that. But Kawhi Leonard in those two in the two games, uh, both the Game 7 and then Game 1, 36 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 40% from the field, and 94% from the free throw line. So, Ricky, you love your guys who, uh, yep. who, who work at, at the stripe. Kawhi Leonard does that, and I, I feel proud that I said... Before these playoffs, the Kawhi Leonard would be the best player in the playoffs. And with Kevin Durant going down, it's really only Giannis and and, and Kawhi. And you could probably throw in Steph there, too. Relax. Um, but Steph didn't have that hot of a start. And Kawhi's been mm-hmm. so fucking yeah. consistent. It's true. Um, and and I, I love him. I, I'm so glad he's back. I know I gave him so much shit last year, but I just it's because I wanted him back. I wanted him to play. And, you know, having him back and seeing him take 21 shots at 52% from the field and seeing him take you know, pretty much six threes a game at 39% and seeing him shoot 88% from the line, scoring 31 points, 1.4 steals, 3.5 assists, 8.5 blocks. I'm glad Kawhi Leonard's back. And he's got 31 tonight. It's good for basketball. 31, 10 of 10 from the foul line, although they're probably going to lose to the I Bucks love him. Still. I love him. They are he's losing great, to the Bucks. and I hope he goes to a fantastic team, and he's got a oh, true no. shooting percentage of a, a 63.6. Did he just insane. say he needs to get, get off the Raptors? No, no I, hope he goes a to a, I hope he goes to a fantastic team. And it could whether be that the Raptors. Be, it could be the Raptors. Oh, okay. um, I just hope he goes to a place that he can grow and continue mm-hmm. to be you know in the playoffs and you know not be like LeBron. I do um, want to throw out, though, an honorable mention that uh, I know it's a one-game honorable mention, but Brook Lowe. Lopez. Nicole Jokic. Oh. Well, and Brooke Lopez, Nicole. too. Just blowing up. Here's a question I want to ask Nicole to Jokic. end Wet Boys. Yep. And this got me thinking after. If it's if the, it's this good, we're just never going to do the segment again. Well, okay. Um, it was getting me thinking because I'm like, man, Brooke Lopez had a really good game. I'm not talking player when I say this. I'm talking overall just person of everything they bring to the table on and off the court. Who's the better Lopez, Brooke or Robin? Robin fights mascots. Also, I don't understand like just, where this question came from. Brooke. Who's your who's your favorite? Like who's your favorite Lopez? Favorite? Because I, I would go with Robin Lopez. He's not the better player. Okay. But yeah. like the everything, better, like, the better player is an easy question. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not asking better player. I'm just saying the better Lopez in general. Robin I Lopez might go Rolo. I might go Rolo yeah, because so of that. Yeah, I like Rolo better. Just a random thought. I Brooks had. a better basketball player. It's oh, not yeah. close. Yeah. But I think what what Brooke. Has in basketball skill, Rolo has in personality. Personality. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Mannings, you know? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, Brooke is kind of funny. Brooke is pretty dry. Um, yeah, Robin's just so much better. 
Yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah. Um, all right. Final thoughts. We good? Yeah. Right, yeah, cool. Steph Curry, uh, I believe he's going to end up winning this shit if it uh, keeps up this well, pace. Well, he just got two, and that's I think that tied the lead so, with just this no, week. No, he's got the lead. Dave gave him one before. No, I'm he's saying, got two I'm saying, now. I'm saying the, just, just having two this yeah. week tied. True. Yeah, so he's in the lead with three. Kawhi is now tied with Jokic and Dame at two, which Jokic can't get anymore. And then Derek White, Kevin Durant, and Jimmy Butler are at one. Butler had two. Yeah, you got to ring that bell. Butler had one last week. Ring the bell. bell last week. Steph Curry has... <laughs> Jimmy Butler. Sorry, Jake. Can't get any more weapons. Steph, Steph has three. Yeah. Butler has two. Yeah. Kawhi has two. Yeah. Uh, Clay has one. Yeah. Giannis has one. Mm-hmm. Lillard has two. Durant has one. Jokic has two. Yeah. Derek White has one. Then it was, I just, we didn't add the ones from last week. So Giannis okay. and Clay also have one. Sick. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's your, wet boy, that's your wet boy update. And uh, hopefully Kawhi Leonard wins some more because I hope he takes it home. Because uh, Steph Curry is not two, looking so good right now. Kind of annoying. <laughs> hey, he put up 31. So I can just we, give it to him. Are again. we going to get two sweeps? Are we going to get two sweeps not. here in the conference finals? I hope not. Uh, Seth might pull We had up. such an amazing last round that I don't want a sweep. I refuse to accept it. As long as we get an NBA Finals, I don't care. <laughs> so I care about. Well, we so, will get an NBA Finals. No meteorites. No, I, said a, I said a good NBA Finals. No, Hopefully we get a Finals. Yeah. No meteorites hitting the earth. No mass Dude, my grandma just died. Come on. But let's move into the next topic, and we are going to welcome in for the second time this month, because we missed him in April, our buddy Jake onto the podcast. And Jake, last time we talked, the Philadelphia 76ers were alive in the playoffs. And unfortunately for 76ers fans like yourself, uh, Kawhi Leonard hits that crazy shot that bounces off the rim. I know you hate that I'm even bringing it up. Um, (laughs) Dave now making making the noise. Why do you got to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Jake's on the line. Uh, We're going to talk about the 76ers and what they need to do for the 2019-2020 season to be successful, possibly getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. If you do want to be like Jake, check out patreon.com slash mostvaluepodcast. By now, you most likely know the spiel. If not, you heard it in the intro. Um, But Jake... I've been talking to you, and obviously I know this has been a very open and fresh wound for you. Has it gotten any easier to swallow? Uh, No. Uh, I will say that some of my other sports teams have uh, trained me to deal with heartbreak. I've done it two years in a row row with the Saints. So I'll be okay. I mean, I would be much more worried if we didn't have two of the best young players in the league. But So while I think we should have been in the Eastern Conference Finals this year, it's always next year. Let's just dig right back into that, that, yeah. that fresh wound real quick. Um, and let's do both fresh wounds of the Saints and the Sixers. Which one was harder? Oh, yeah. Um, the Saints, because it literally was the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think so, it too. Was and like we, literally, we would have beaten Tom Brady, too. And the, 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 publicly, Brady, so. the, ref, the ref screwed you, too. It wasn't like you know, yeah, Kawhi hits that crazy shot. It's easier to deal with because we literally just lost to a great player. Like, tip your cap to Kawhi. He's a great player. Yeah. I can't wait to see him in a Clipper uniform next year. Well, and you have... You, oh, Jesus. But you have excuses, too. Like, you know, Joe wasn't fully healthy. Like, if Joe was fully healthy, hey, that could have been a completely different you, series. You lost, we lost Game 7 on the road to a buzzer beater on, like, the six bounces. Like, you don't even... You know what I mean? It's just... Mm-hmm. It's how it is. Well, let's get into the first big news, and, and that's going to be Brett Brown. Uh, there was rumors that he was going to get fired after Game 7 if they lost, and we were kind of just waiting for it, and you were like, I don't want this to happen. I think it'd be a bad move. There's no one really out there. And then they lost Game 7, and you're like, Maybe they should probably fire Brett Brown. And then they brought it back, you're like, no, this is the right move. Are you still thinking that bringing Brett Brown back for the 2019-2020 season is the right move uh, as the Philadelphia 76ers head coach? Yeah, currently where the state that he's in right now, I think it was the right move. Um, he's developed an entire culture around the team, and you can see 
uh, in the exit interviews with the media the day after the loss, a lot of the players like Ben, Joe, Jimmy, they pleasure support to Brett Brown. And Mike Scott even said that he wants to be back here and he wants to be playing under Brett Brown uh, before. This is before he was brought back. I just think firing him would add insult to injury. And I think if you fired him too, it'd be much harder to bring back guy, a guy like Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler has, I think, bought into Brett Brown's system as far as we can see. And if you would have fired him and brought in a coach, and that's the other part is, there aren't. If there was a quality coach out there that we could have gone and got if we fired him, then I would have been okay with it. The disrespect to Ty really Lue. isn't. <laughs> yeah. Ty, Lue, I mean, turned on the Lakers. It shows you where he is. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just think if there was a better candidate, I would be okay with it. But there really isn't anyone out there that I'm like, wow. Like last year, I think there was an abundance of coaches that were available to hire, and they were uh, quality coaches. But this year, I just, I literally, Monty Williams was the only like the highest one. He was our assistant coach. So I mean. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think it's the right move to keep him for another year. Now, before I, w- I want to jump in, because there's, there's a lot of habits to say, and there's a lot Dave has to say, we have to go to Ricky, because you were all aboard the fire the <laughs> Brett Brown train. Yeah, still and I, well, and, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I was going to ask you, are you still yeah. on that train? And obviously well, you just answered it. Well, I, well agree, I have a host. You know? I, I agree with Jake. We're, I was all over the Brett Brown fire train. I still am. I feel like he is not going to be the coach that brings them to a – NBA Finals. Okay, but do you, think he, do, you, do you think he deserves to be fired? But, yeah, but the thing is, Why? I would not have fired him now that I'm thinking about it because of what Jake said. Who are you going to go get? That's the only reason why, in my mind, Brett Brown has a job. It's because there's no one to replace him. It's not that he's good and that he deserves to have this job. It's just because there's no one good enough to replace him, so we're going to keep him around, and then it's basically going to be, I'll tell you, Jake, what will happen next year. You make the playoffs. You'll face a team in the second round, no matter who it is, and you'll lose. That's what the Sixers are going to do under Brett Brown. I, I just want to jump in here and say that Brett Brown did outcoach Nick Nurse in that entire series. The only reason the Raptors won is because Kawhi Leonard. And, he did outcoach him. And I'm not saying Nick Nurse is the best because I have had my criticism. First-year coach Nick I mean, Nurse. Nick Nurse, when we were doing our positional rankings for coaches, I was probably, I think, the lowest on Nick Nurse, given some disrespect because um, I was a Dwayne Casey guy. But I just don't what think— a horrible thing to be. I just don't think that Brett Brown is the guy— Like He's not the coach that brings them— to the championship. He's going to be the coach that we look back on and we go, hey, remember Brett Brown? Yeah, he did all the dirty work before some new coach came in and then got the talent over that hump. He's going to be the Mark Jackson of the Philadelphia 76ers. Thank you for that hot, fresh, steaming take right off the bat. Why not Rick Carlisle? You know, Rick Carlisle was the coach before the Pistons, before Larry Brown came in and won a, won a finals. Why does he always have to be Mark Jackson? I'm sick of Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson's overrated. Who was the coach of the Bulls before Phil Jackson got there? Why can't he be that guy? That was Doug Collins. Yeah, why can't he be Doug Collins? Yeah. Because uh, with Rick Carlisle, I will say, because Rick, Carl, Rick Carlisle went on to go to a different team and actually win a championship. Yeah, he had Dirk Nowitzki, but he won a championship. Whatever. Uh, Doug Collins didn't win a championship. Yeah, Doug, no, I know. I'm, I'm saying with his Carl. What a, Doug Collins what, is a good one. What about uh, what about our boy, uh, the 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 glasses dude, who's currently running the Lakers, uh, the who was the coach dude. before uh, Phil Jackson who's, took over for the Lakers? Who's the glasses uh, dude? Rambus. Rambus. Yeah, Rambus. Rambus. Kurt Rambus. Come on, Kurt Rambus was the coach. The guy before, who uh, literally liked the 
that guy, that guy's a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> no, mean clothesline. Though. You obviously want to jump in on this whole I prep just, round it's thing. It's the same take I've heard for like a year and a half now. I don't know what he did bad in that series. <laughs> like that's the thing. There was so no fireable offense from Brett Brown in that series. It was, Last year there was. Yeah, he got Celtics coached and the floor wiped by him by Brad Stevens. Yeah, Brad Stevens wiped his floor. When TJ McConnell is the best player on your team in a series. You got props. Brett Brown had no no idea whoa, how to call timeout at the, at the at the right you know situations yeah. that, that series. He got absolutely outcoached. He had no way to you know talk to these guys in in, in the huddle after he called called a timeout. He had no way to rally these guys up and, and tell them the play. They looked lost out there after every single timeout. Yeah, it wasn't this way in the playoffs, and I don't think there's a, a way to be looking the, at this and be like, this is Brett Brown's fault. The only thing that I can point to, if we if we want to get into it, in my mind, is Ben Simmons' usage on the offense. I think that he has yet to find a way to include Ben Simmons in half-court offense in a manner that actually draws any sort of respect or attention. Like that is just you're playing four on five. Ben Simmons can do tip backs from you know the low post, mm-hmm. but basically he's just he's just a nothing out there, and that's what kills them. And I, at this point in time, your defense is pretty solid across the board. You've got great shooters. You've got a couple facilitators out there. You clearly have your big men. You have your closer. But what does Ben Simmons do in the half court? And that is so much of the game, Jake. What is? Am I making too much out of this deal, or is this like the big glaring weakness on that team right now? No, I think the big glaring weakness is the backup center position, and I think that's what ultimately lost them the series is the fact that they have to play Joe. Joe plays forty three of forty six minutes in that last game. You should. Like, that it's an elimination game. If you're no, playing can, forty plus dude, minutes, this, you're doing something no, wrong. He's saying like on average, Joe. No, he said in the last game. Okay. Yeah, and, and no, and to begin the season, he played 30 of 31 games, which is just, if you see, and I think uh, Abid even mentioned this in his exit interview, um, they need to treat him like the Raptors t- uh, treated Kawhi this year. He doesn't need to play 80 games, and I think, or 70 games. I, you know, I, think, I think Joel, he was given too much freedom, and obviously he wants to play every game, but I think the training staff needed to step in earlier in the year and say that you, you need to sit games here and there, here and there, because game number 25 on the road against Boston doesn't matter in the playoffs. Like, I agree. It just doesn't matter. And also to touch up on the Brett Brown thing, I think he coached three different teams this year, basically. Like, I don't disagree the, the, Obviously the opening lineup and then the Jimmy Butler trade and then we traded for Toby. Um, for Tobias, Toby. And Bobby. And that trade was questionable. But um, I I just think, uh, I think you just got to give this, I mean, the team is still so young and Ben Simmons is 22 and B's 25, I think. And I just, mm-hmm. I just think, give him time. I mean, Give him time. Ben Simmons, I think that's more of his own fault. He needs to be able to shoot a jump shot. And Brett Brown already caters enough. He already has to get Tobias Harris a lot of shots. Obviously, Jimmy has to get a shot. Joel has to get a shot. And it's hard. It's hard. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid are hard to match up together in the half-court offense. Well, that's, both of their strengths are the same thing. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things because, you know, a lot of the pundits out there were talking about, like, well, how come you can't use Ben Simmons like X or Y? And a couple of names tossed out there were, like, Jokic and Giannis. Two very big polarizing players, ball in hand, dominant offensive players. Obviously, they do it differently. Jokic works with the ball in his hands, able to facilitate extremely well, but he's usually working the high post. Uh, he's not typically bringing the ball up too often. And then, obviously, with Giannis, like he's just an absolute freight train with the ball going up the lane, drawing mm-hmm. all that contact, drawing all that attention, and dishing out where Ben Simmons shies away from contact. So, like, 
I mean, we have a couple guys with similar uh, abilities that you could template off of, but we're not seeing anything out of Ben. Here, here's what I, I, I know we're talking about Ben, and I feel like Ben's going to get it really in de- depth. And I, I just want to add this to Joe because I think we can kind of you know close the book on Joe and then go straight into Ben because I know Rookie's chomping at the bit to throw out a nuclear well, take. take. Hold, hold the horses. Hold the horses. Well, you're going gonna, gonna to drop the box soon. Don't I'm worry. I'm thinking about something about Joe, actually. Well, well, uh, all right. Ben. Well, the thing well, that I just want to throw about. Joe, I'm going to hang out. The thing that, no, he's not going to do that. Uh, the thing I want to throw about <laughs> Joe before you jump in was mm-hmm. just uh, I counted up nine back-to-backs that, that yeah. Joe played. And, and I, I said this to Jake, too, and I, I don't even think I heard those comments from, from Joe, was I think he should have been doing what Kawhi was doing, playing 33 minutes mm-hmm. and 64 games and nine back-to-backs. That's too much for a seven foot big man. I mean, Kawhi Maybe Leonard, one who doesn't condition yep. professionally. Yeah, yeah. I, I think something that Joe needs to do is clearly be in that 60, 60 game range and be in that like twenty five to thirty range. He really shouldn't exceed it unless it's the playoffs. Like forty five minutes in, in game seven of an elimination game, that's when he should be pushing himself. And, mm-hmm. and you know, if we see him pushing himself and he's fully healthy and he's not dealing with an illness like he was throughout that whole. Uh, that that whole seven game series, he might have been more effective out there. He might have been able to close that uh, other than that shot just a little bit. Now, clearly, I'm not blaming Joel Embiid for that loss, but if he was healthier, that 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 series could have totally flipped. If he wasn't dealing with with sicknesses every single game and getting IVs, this might have been a series that they would have been able to win. Now, I'm not blaming this on Joe. People get sick again. I just want to throw it out there that I, I think that that's a big thing that Jake said that Joe wants to do is be more treated like Kawhi, and I think it'd be a smart thing for his career. What, what were you gonna say? I'm going to hold off first off from the Michael Jordan jokes because not everyone can be Michael Jordan. But no, not everyone I can mean, be a flu game Michael the, Jordan. The serious thing, though, with Joe, and I don't know if this goes, like, Jake, I don't know if you blame this on the backup center position or, like me, I kind of yeah, blame it on the rest of the team of it was a glaring, like, what the hell's going on? When it's like, Joe's on the floor, they're plus 90. He leaves the floor, and it's like, what the hell happened? Like, we're being, like, the Sixers are being outscored so much when he's not on the floor to where in a playoff series, it's like that's why the rest is important because you can use those minutes when they count. But to me, that is glaring. It's like how bad is our defense that once we take one player off the floor, the rails fall off of everything, and it's like we can lose a lead like that. He's probably going to be like first or second team defensive mm-hmm. for well, the NBA. I mean, I w- yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. I'm just saying when I, – I, I don't know. I don't remember the exact that. I remember reading it after game seven. Uh, and like the minute forty that he sat in Game Seven, they were minus twelve, mm-hmm. and that just—it's what happens when you upgrade when you downgrade for the best big man in the NBA to Greg Monroe, who can't make a layup. Mm-hmm. And that's half on ownership, and that's half on the players. I mean, I, what I would—I mean—and I'm—I'm not a coach, obviously, but if if I was that worried about playing my backup centers, I would have had Ben play some backup five, which they didn't. And mm-hmm. I think Ben's more than capable of playing a backup five. Yeah. And I didn't, especially against Marc Gasol, because Gasol was refusing to shoot the ball in that series. So, I mean, I don't know. I think it was, I think this summer that's going to be a big priority, whether it's where they look to bring back Noel or Dwayne Dedman's out there or Rolo's out there or whatever that is. Somebody, somebody has to sign as backup center. And while as much as I love Boban, he can't play in the playoffs. And we that was evident because he can't play pick and roll defense. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it is a struggle out there to find somebody who can soak minutes without just hemorrhaging points for them. 
Yeah, and I think one thing too is I, I think the one player we haven't given given credit to is uh, Marcus All. And I know Joe has been injured too, but Marcus All also played some pretty decent defense at him uh, in those in that seven game stretch. He only averaged seventeen point six points per game and thirty seven shooting. And and Joe was banged up for sure. He was sick. He he wasn't fully fully out there. But Marcus All was a difficult challenge for him out there defensively. Yeah. Um. And and clearly defensively, Joe's a monster. Um, without a doubt, but 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 Mar- Marcus all going up a veteran like that, not an easy task for Joel Embiid, especially when he's injured, but uh, or is sick. I don't want to say injured, but let's get into the Ben Simmons talk because mm-hmm. obviously Dave brought it up. You know, Brett Brown didn't really coach him well enough, and Jake said, you know, obviously he was coaching three different teams out there. But something that came up in the pre-talk was Ricky's nuclear take, and uh, let's drop the bomb, Ricky. I think that the Sixers seriously need to. I'm not saying like do it today. I'm not saying do it a week from today, but I think next season, a big topic we are going to talk about numerous times is should the Sixers trade Ben Simmons? And the reason why I say that is it's not just, oh, he played bad here. Let's trade him. It's first off, if he doesn't develop a jump shot, I don't think he works with Joel Embiid. Like, and you're obviously, if you had to pick between Joe and Ben, you're picking Joe. Like I'm picking Joe 10 10 out of 10 times, and I'm picking between the two. And the thing that I also look at is if he's not going to be able to develop a jump shot and he's going to be the same player that he was this year, he's an RFA after next season. If you bring Jimmy back, that's big money. Are you going to pay big money for a guy who's not shooting a jump shot, who his game clashes with your star on your team because Joe's your star, and is that going to be a future moving forward? I'm not saying it's a for sure, like, yes, trade him today, but it's going to be a discussion if he doesn't evolve as a player and learn how to shoot a jump shot because then the Sixers are going to say, no, it's not going to work. we got to trade him before some team offers him a max, and then we've got to match that up with his RFA because you're not going to let Ben Simmons walk in free agency. You'll match it and then try to trade You'll try to get something out of him if you're going to give up on him. Jake? If they traded Ben Simmons, (laughs) the Sixers would regret trading Ben Simmons as much as the Charlotte Hornets regret trading Kobe Bryant. Ben Simmons is a transcendent player. No way. He is 22 years old. He averaged 17, 9, and 8 this year. He was an all-star in his second year, should have been an all-star in his first year, and he's played 81 and 79 games. If you're telling me... Did you watch Kobe play... Yes, I did watch Kobe Bryant. Okay, because Ben Simmons is nothing like Kobe Bryant, just saying. I never he's said he was going to be a Kobe Bryant. He watched like, Kobe Bryant like 2013. Yeah, you, you should learn to listen. He never said he was okay. Kobe Bryant. I think I, I said yeah. Kobe Bryant. I regret trading him as much as the Hornets regret him, trading him. Oh, my God. I don't, saying, that, I don't think it's that much, but go ahead. If you were telling me, if you're telling me for the next 10 years, you have to choose between injuries considered, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I'm taking Ben Simmons 15 times over because Joel Embiid can't stay healthy for an entire season. But you just said Joel Embiid doesn't need to be healthy a whole season because you're going to give him I know, understand. so many no, 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 I'm off, saying, and he's I only going to have to pay 60 games and mm-hmm. limited minutes in those games, and he's the best center in the NBA according to you. So you're going to pass nope. up on him for a guy with a flawed game. I'm saying if you're telling me I had to choose between the two, I'd take Ben Simmons because I think Ben Simmons can be a top-five player in the NBA at one point. But, Jake, you just said something that is the crux of all of this is – it's not just the trade Ben Simmons. It's can Ben Simmons and Joe 
coexist together. And if you're going to like, and I'm fine if you're going to sit there and say, well, I'd pick Ben. Well, then in my mind, that means then Joe's got to go. Like one of these guys has to go. I don't think so. If Ben Simmons, to me, if Ben Simmons is not going to learn how to shoot a jump shot and evolve as a player, one of these two guys has to go to because together they're not winning a championship. That's what I'll say. He's he's twenty two. He just finished his second year in the NBA. You have to give the guy time. They have unrealistic unrealistic expectations for young players nowadays. He's literally his second year in the NBA, and you already expect him to have a complete game. Every fall in his game, I he's expect an elite him to defender. be able to shoot a shot though. Like, that's basketball. He's developing it. That's his, what's it. that's his one weakness. His entire game is the fact that he can't shoot a jump shot. That's he a doesn't have weakness any weakness in the game. Basketball, where you try to put baskets, yes. you know, balls in the basket. Give him time; he will develop it. All he has to do is develop a mid-range shot, and him and Joel will be fine. That's all. Jake, I have Give a, a year. Jake, I have a that's question all, for you. That's all Michael K. Gilchrist yeah. needed to do, too, wasn't it? Jake, I have a question yeah, for you. Yeah, well, Michael K. Gilchrist and Ben Simmons are not on the same level. Um, what was the number one pick? What was the number three pick? Right, here. Uh, this, <laughs> is what, talented college player. this is what I want to throw, throw out here. Uh, this, this guy also a very talented, talented I'm college player. I'm just stirring the pot. I'm yeah, sorry. No, but this, this guy also a, a very uh, talented college player. Um, and also in the in the first four years, so he was age 21 to 24. So uh, in those four seasons, um, he was 31 of uh, 189 from three. Uh, and that's 16.4% from three. Um, and Ben's obviously nowhere near those levels. He's, I think he's he's zero of 17 from three. Um, but Jake, you want to can you, can you take a guess who that player is? Wait, can you repeat that? Uh, so right. the, this player in his first four seasons was 31 of 198 for 16.4% from three in his first four seasons. Do you know who that is? Oh, Giannis. No. Damn it. It's, it's Michael Jordan. Dave um, had the, Dave had the okay. same guess, so, by the way. So we, so we know that Michael Jordan is, uh, is real bad at basketball because in the first four seasons he could not shoot a jump shot. And I'm not saying that they're, no. they're at the same level shooters because Michael was a much it's better free throw. three versus jump shot. Jump shot is not a three. Mm-hmm. They're a different category. Right, Michael and, and was also, never really Michael, that great and, at and, yeah, and, Michael and, was a mid-range and, king. And, and Michael was also a much better free throw shooter. Yep, I was yeah. also going to throw it out there. I'm not, I'm not saying that the, the, they're the same. But guys can get much better at, 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 at shooting if they want to put the work in. And I think that's the biggest thing for Ben is if he wants to put the work in. And, 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 sure. and Jake, that's something that you've thrown out there is that you know he's not willing to shoot with the right hand. He's not willing to put the work into it. Brett Brown wanted him to take more shots throughout the game, and we really just didn't see that. Like It started a little bit um, of him taking a jumper every game, but it really didn't you know keep going because he wasn't making them, and he kind of seemed like he was disinterested in it. Um, is that the biggest thing that Ben, in your mind, needs to do? Is just keep attempting to try to make these jumpers yeah. in the game. He literally just has to shoot them because even a bead shot around thirty percent from three, and when he would pump fake, people would go for it all the way. And even when Giannis, Giannis obviously got better at towards the end of the year shooting threes, but earlier in the year when he was shooting like eighteen percent, he would pump fake, and people would still come out and try to jump on him or even just guard him out there. Mm-hmm. They just need, they just need. He just needs to attempt them. He doesn't even have to make them at a good rate. Just attempt them. You'll open up the floor for Embiid, even Jimmy, if Jimmy's still here. All, all you have to do is get Embiid better looks in the post. That's all you have to do. All you have to do is shoot them. You don't even have to make a lot of them. I mean, all you have to do is actually play somewhere outside of the, you know, six feet that Joel Embiid operates, lives, and dominates in, which, uh, I'm sorry, like, where did he grow his game this year? Because you're asking him to just, oh, just get a jump shot. Just just add that little bit to it. Just do a little bit for us. You mean, where did Ben grow Where did Ben game? grow okay. his game? This from year one to year mm-hmm. two, usually we see people. De'Aaron Fox took an epic leap, epic leap this year. We saw a lot of players make that jump, and I feel like Ben Simmons brought back basically the same repertoire of talents and skills offensively and defensively. I mean, he's a he's a great defender, he's a great facilitator, 
but where did he get better offensively? I think, no, I don't think he made that big jump this year, and I understand that's obviously going to be a concern, but I think that, again, like I said earlier, unrealistic, unrealistic expectations for a guy in his second year. And, I mean, he, his, every, his field goal percentage did go up. His free throw percentage did go up. He averaged more points. He averaged a little bit less assists. And he averaged more rebounds. So like his, obviously, it doesn't look like a glaring, glaring increase, but things are still going up. And you can look at guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo, who started out, he averaged six points in the first year, 12 points in the second year, 17, and then he made the big jump to 23. I just, just give Ben a little bit of time. That's all I'm saying. Well, and you, you don't look to trade a guy after two. What would you even get in return for him? That's the big thing. Well, and, and what would you get? I, I think the only thing that I would even consider trading him for would be Anthony Davis, but that's that's outside of roster mm-hmm. construction because I don't know how Joe and him would play together and also you know Jimmy, and I, I don't think it would be a really clean fit. Um, but that would be like the type of player I would look to trade for him because I, I I agree with Jake. I think trading a player this young would be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he's still a, a, a first overall talent, and he, he hasn't really shown anything where he's he's been a bad player. Like Jake said, I mean, he's an all star. Should have been a two time all star really mm-hmm. um, in, in his career. And, and I, I picked him this year for defensive player of the year. He didn't end up being that. Um, I, I don't think he was to that level. But I mean, he didn't sh- show you know any regression defensively. He's gonna be uh, twenty three come July twentieth. So he, he's going to be very young when it comes to the season. And obviously he even got skipped out of uh, his first true year um, as, a, as a 20-year-old because of an injury. So, uh, and so far he's been you know, really healthy throughout, throughout his career. I mean, he played 81 games and 79 games, knock on wood for Sixer fans. But mm-hmm. he's, he's been really healthy, and, and he's been able to be out there for, for, Sixers, for the Sixers. So the biggest question I have for, for you guys, unless you want to add I, something else. Right. I want to bite on what you said, Sean. Where mm-hmm. I know you brought up Michael Jordan as kind of like a – it kind of felt like maybe a troll thing to bring up, like, oh, he's not like the well, greatest basketball I'm, player. It was just people grow yeah, the games. It, that's that's all I was saying. I'm going to bite on that because the thing that I, as a kid, I always liked about Michael Jordan was like with his free throw shooting, where he would say like, in the gym, yeah, Jordan, done with Jordan practice, worked his ass off. He would we just shoot in a hundred of them until yeah. he made a hundred consecutively. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you talk about Ben, where it's like, hey Ben, how about you? Try, try to do this. Nah, I'm good. Like, I'm not going to shoot with the right hand. Uh, Brett Brown wants you to shoot more shots. You're not going to shoot them. To where that's one thing is, is he ever going to... I get that he's young, and you keep throwing out, oh, he's young, he's young, he's young. But if the mindset doesn't change that, hey, I have to work well, on that's this... That's why I brought it up to Jake. That's yeah, Because I, 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 I was just saying that... Because they're in a tough situation of, yes, he is young, but after next season, you're in a catch... A kind of a tough situation because it's like you're going to give Ben Simmons his money. There's no way you're going to let him walk away in free agency. Unless you're trading him like you suggested. But, well, and that's the thing. If you give him that contract like you will and you don't think he's going to work on his game and develop what he needs to, then it's just going to turn into, all right, we're giving him his second contract and at some point we're going to have to move him and the value might be less when he's older and still hasn't worked on what he needs to work on. I, I was just trying to point out there that if he wants to put into the, the work to become that shooter, mm-hmm. just a dangerous shooter in general, not even dangerous, just yeah. just an effective shooter from you know 15 feet out, sure. then he can even take that level that, that we're yeah. just saying. And it's just that Ben needs to put the work in because the talent is there. But this is a guy who's had motivational problems going all the way back to high school. Mm-hmm. Remember him in college? So disinterested in, yeah. in LSU, mm-hmm. didn't show a lot of effort, looked, looked lethargic out there, clearly not interested in improving his game since then. So it's just, if you're having the questions at each level through now mm-hmm. about 
How much is he willing to put in off the court? And when he's on the court, is he going to take those chances, listen to his coach, you know, and change his game to fit the team better? Like, this is no longer just a, oh, well, he's young, he can grow. It's like, this is a pattern. And that's what I'm starting to see is like, mm. is this something we should be afraid of? Because LSU, we had concerns. Mm-hmm. Rookie year, we understand injury, sure. But a lot of guys who are injured early on in their careers, you know, I look at his teammate in Joe Embiid. Joe Embiid took that time to get a better shot. He took that time to build up his body. Ben Simmons, meh, meh. Jake, what's your response to that? I just think it's an overreaction. They lost in a game seven. on a, if, we, if they were in the Eastern Conference Finals, we wouldn't be having this talk. I mean, Ben didn't do like, – I, I think Ben is still the problem. Like, offensively, I still have the same question marks. It's not like that one series did anything for him. It's just any time you're in the playoffs. Was the he really that bad down. for you in the playoffs? I think he was still pretty damn good in the playoffs. And he was, always, he was an elite defender in the Brooklyn series. I would oh, say he's a good defender, but I that's would, not what I'm talking about. I would say my problem no, with it, but. my problem with it is, did he overall have a bad performance? No, but the thing is, it was I can't remember if it was after game two or game three of the semifinal series, but it was along the mark of when Ben Simmons is the third scorer for this 76er team, they're winning astronomically. Where it's like if Jimmy, Toby, and and Bede are the one, two, and three. And I kind of look at that and I go, if you're okay with that, that's fine. But also it's like maybe it's the number one pick thing also where it's like you expect him to be one of but, your top two scorers. But but his job also isn't to be a top scorer. I mean, his job is to pretty much be a it's massive option. point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that, that's the thing. And, and, yes, you want – a number one overall pick to be that option, you know, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, I, I, we look at him, and he's I, I still find him to be the best player in that draft, mm-hmm. without a doubt. I mean, his talent is, is still astronomical. And the one concern that I will bring up is just you do look at those games that he had, those 12 games that he had in the playoffs, and, and they're not near his season averages. 13.9 mm-hmm. points, 6 assists. Uh, a seven boards, which is near the same, but you know, fifty-seven point five percent from 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 the field. His his field goal percentage was up sixty-two, but he was taking less shots. So the one thing that I, I was a little bit concerned was the fact that he he didn't become this like massive great distributor and just started taking back you know you know reeling back his shot attempts. Um, he started reeling back his shot attempts, and he kind of just seemed like he wasn't involved as much as in the in the offense. And that's just the concern that I have with him. Does it mean I want to get rid of him? No, I still think that this is something that they they need to explore. Let's move now to free agency, though, because that's mm-hmm. something that's big. Will Jimmy Butler stay? Will Tobias Harris stay? What do they need to do to help Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? Because Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are going to be there no matter what. Brett Brown as well. So what are you guys looking at, at least in the draft and free agency, to help this team, the 76ers, get to that next level? You know, So where you know, Brett Brown's not fired after this mm-hmm. year, Ricky, uh, where Jake's not having to deal with an Eastern Conference semifinal loss for, for the third straight year, um, where Dave can see some progression out of uh, out of Ben Simmons. What kind of players do you need to see around it? Do you need to see Jimmy Butler back? Do you need to see both him and Tobias Harris back? Do you need more bench adept? Do you need mm-hmm. a second string center? What are you guys looking for at least draft first and then going into free agency? I mean, for me, the biggest glaring thing is you need you need to re-sign Jimmy. If Jimmy goes to another team, hit the panic button. Because the thing I liked about Jimmy on the 76ers, that because Jimmy left a bad taste in my mouth um, leaving Chicago with how that team and those veterans kind of imploded. And it was basically Rondo and the young guys against D-Wade and 
Jimmy Butler, but I think on the 76ers, Jimmy Butler's kind of been like, not a glue, but a guy that lights the fire under their ass and is also, like, Brett Brown, for everything that I criticize him for, the one person that made him a better coach than he was last year was Jimmy Butler, because Jimmy Butler is not afraid to challenge him. Like, the game we, all four of us went to, um, where Jimmy Butler went into the locker room and then had to come back out for the final shot, what was he saying coming out of the locker room? We better fucking play a better shot. Like, we better have a better fucking game plan for this last shot. And that's the key guy. We're draft, I'm not really 100% sure. It depends on what happens in front of him, obviously. Free agency, I think Toby's gone. Um, I think Toby's going to get a deal with a different team, and he's going to go to whatever team that is. But the big thing for me is I'm getting Jimmy Butler back on this team because he is the major, I'll say, glue for the 76er team. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with the Jimmy Butler piece of that just because he is. You can see the connection with him and Joe, and I, I think that he has a good fit, good mentality for the city. Everything about him is super likable, and mm. I think the media portrayal has been kind of hilarious as it's flipped over uh, the past two years. As far as how, they're, how they need to fill out around that, I think the draft you're looking for either an older wing like a Cam Johnson who can give them that three-point shooting from the outside, give them the spacing and the size, or you look to a backup center, either like a Bruno Fernando at that point in the draft. Uh, if Goga falls, maybe that would be an interesting one. Sean and I did a quick uh, topic on that one on the PTP. If you guys mm-hmm. want to check that out, plugging that in shamelessly. <laughs> and those those would be like the two key things. I don't know that I would go for a uh, bench point guard in the first, but in the sec to start the second round, I know you guys have a couple of picks this year in the second. So if Ty Jerome for some unforsaken reason falls if a Carson Edwards he had a bad combine he did but he's a professional player like you look at him and like on the court that's a guy who has results who has uh leadership who's worked with the team for years I I, I would look towards a Ty Jerome or Carson Edwards maybe uh in that second round if one of those guys is available by your pick could be interesting I don't know I I, I think if I'm looking at the Sixers I just I I would honestly consider moving up because you have some assets that you can you could attack, I, and I'm just looking at at, at Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. I, I think it'd be interesting get shooting around him, and it's a cheaper option for JJ Redick. He's not going to be JJ Redick, but then maybe they won't be going to him late in games and actually going to their star and Joel Embiid, and not just running like J- I mean Jake literally called what they were running in their last possession. Yeah. they were just going to run off uh, the screen screen to, handoff to JJ. Exactly. Um, Jake called it beautifully, literally. You know, play by play, second by second. Um, and, 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 you know, they went right to it. If I'm the Sixers, I'm going after uh, Tyler Hero because that way, you know, you could always add centers, you know, late in, in, in free agency. You can find people to help them. You don't need a star um, to, to be your backup center. And, and I think that the Sixers, you know, you can get a guy on a veteran deal. You know, we saw what JaVale McGee did for the, the Lakers. I mean, there's always players out there that can add something. Um, and, and I think you could find that guy then, but I, I think you need to find a cheaper option because I think JJ is going to walk, um, and, and that way you can go after both Jimmy and Toby. And even if you don't get Toby, you at least get Jimmy, and that's the biggest thing for me. Uh, Jake, where where do you stand on all this? At least free agency and draft. Uh, starting with the draft, uh, Elton Brand said they're going to probably target defense and shooting, so I would assume that means wings because wings is definitely uh, probably not going to be able to bring James Ennis back because mm-hmm. you don't own his bird rights, so the max we can offer him is like $1.9 million, I think. So he'll probably walk and get more money somewhere else. Uh, 3 and D wings, I'm not really ed- that educated on the back end of the first round, second round. 
the draft, but I assume there's some people there they could get if they don't decide to trade up. I think it would be a good idea to trade up. I think uh, they have a, three picks in the second round or something like that. And with that many picks, obviously, you're not going to take them all and use all the players. Um, and then moving on to free agency, I think you offer Jimmy Butler the five years, 190. Just to make sure, basically guarantee that he comes back because you can't really lose Jimmy and Toby. I mean, you still have Ben and Joe, so you wouldn't be screwed, still be a playoff team. But you went out and you made those two trades. If you lose both of those players, it's, uh, it, it's terrible. It's awful. It's probably it's worst-case scenario. So I think you offer Jimmy the 5-190. Then you go to Toby. If he wants the max, you probably let him walk. I don't think he's a max player. I think he had a really good contract here. Um, but I don't think he's a max player. Maybe $20 million is the max I'd offer him. Uh, and then bench center is the biggest glaring need, I think, on this team. Backup point guard, you could just bring back T.J. McConnell probably. He's fine for the regular season. And then um, I, Dwayne Dedman's out there. Ed Davis is out there. Robin Lopez is out there. I mean, any veteran center is fine. It just needs somebody who can play some goddamn defense. Literally, in the playoffs, they well, had to play three minutes a half. It's funny because we, we brought up Goga, we brought up the Nets, and Dave was literally like, Ed Davis needs to be off the Brooklyn Nets because he was so trash I, and got torched by Joel, Joel Embiid. So it'd be hilarious if they <laughs> look, brought I Ed, love Davis Ed Davis on. He's a fucking ball of energy. The man rebounds like a motherfucker, but, like, yeah, you put him up against true centers, and he just gets balled down on. Like, it's just, it's a size advantage, you know? And I guess as a backup center, there's not, you know, I don't know how concerned I would be against him going up against, what, a 30-something-year-old Marc Gasol at this point, or Mm -hmm. in the East, like, you you don't really have to worry about a ton of great centers, so it's just those unique matchups are going to challenge you. Yeah, I think Dwayne Dedman is the number one option on that backup center. If they can get him, I think he's he would help the team so much, especially in the playoffs, because I think he can just do everything. He's not elite at anything, but he's just good at everything, and he's a good veteran to have. Um, but like box. I said, the number—that's the, that's the thing—is I don't, I don't know if I think they're going to do their best to keep Dwayne Dedman the Hawks. Yeah. Oh, probably. I don't. I, I, they could. I'm just saying he's a free agent. I'm yeah. Saying that mm-hmm. If he, I heard, he hits the market, he should be your number one option. I did hear you earlier in this uh, episode mention Nerlens Noel coming back, and that kind of <laughs> no, shocked yeah. me a bit. Uh, do you think that's I mean, actually potential? Um, I don't know. Depends how much the Thunder offer him. I, I, I see it hard. I, the Thunder have been one of those teams that not a lot of players leave, besides what Kevin Durant obviously did. But I think they have a pretty good culture there, and I think um, I, it might be hard for him to leave. But if he does leave, he can come back to Philly. I mean, screw we'll take I don't know if he'd come back. That relationship's salvageable? I mean, I think I he's know. an amazingly I mean, uh, defensive gifted center. Him, trade him, trade him for nothing. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, his value was, what, two seconds? That's... Uh, we, didn't get any, we got Justin Anderson for him. Yikes! Uh, just yeah, to, just a turtleneck. Just Yikes. to bring it up to uh, five picks total in the 2019 draft for the Sixers. Uh, they have the 24th pick. Uh, obviously, like we're talking about, you know, possibly moving up to get Tyler Hero. But then they have the 33rd, 34th, 42nd, and 40. Or sorry, 54th. And there's some interesting names that that are kind of in that range. Uh, you know, we're talking about shooting and defense. Dylan Windler from Belmont, great shooter uh, at his time there, would be really interesting as a as a wing. Uh, you look at um, Casey Akpala as well. Some people have him falling that low. He would be a nice steal. He had a great, fantastic combine with his length. Would be very interesting, especially as a shot. Ricky's boy Lewis King is out mm-hmm. there. Louis uh, King. Ricky's other boy Iggy Brzezikis is out there too. Um, so some interesting players out there. Even Darius ba- uh, Basley, if they want to take out a uh, on a project. So. You know, maybe they don't, don't like him. Maybe they don't try to uh, move up, but uh, you, you know, even some uh, mocks have you guys taking Cam Johnson, who's you know already a great shooter. Um, I, I think though, overall, what this team needs is just to bring back Jimmy Butler and have that leader because maybe mm-hmm. that does fire up Ben Simmons a little bit, 
And if you have those three, you at least have your core. And that way, Elton Brand can try to be creative in the draft and try to go after some players possibly using those picks. Um, you know, some guys with you know, possibly some rough contracts, but they can at least still play. Maybe they're not worth their contracts. Um, but even then, I think you can you can look at that and maybe you just even replenish that second unit. And you go out and just get four new players to add to that bench because this team, you know, I mean, you haven't had that. I mean, we talked about it, Jake, recently. I think we have five hits in the past, like, you know, seven years or something like that, or the past uh, five hits in the yeah, past 20 picks bad. or something like that. It's bad. Um, just the process. But, but, but I think the, the thing is, is <laughs> like, yeah, the, the ones that you have hit, You've hit for a reason. Landry Shamet or Landry Shamet, great shooter, and, yep. and obviously you moved on to him to get the Tobias Harris move. Um, you know, you obviously saw that one. Ben Simmons, easy to see that one. Joel Embiid kind of fell in your lap a little bit, but but there, there's been times where you guys have been able to find out talent, and I'm interested to see what Elton Brand would do, especially with five picks if he keeps them all. But what about the pick last year, Zaire Smith? Is this kid going to contribute at, at at this level? I mean, well, I know he had the health well, issues where he nearly died this past year. Um, but you know, a full healthy off season to get in shape. Like, what's his what's his contribution going to look like next year? Yeah, I want to say we also took Mikael Bridges actually, but then we traded him for that sunstick. Yeah, so I mean, really just opening I don't know. up that I, wound again. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I like what we got with that. I, I looked at what I saw at the end of the year was that year. I think he could be a good bench player. I mean, he's energy guy at le- at the least. He plays very good defense. He improved his shot. I think he's good chance to be a 3-and-D wing, and if they don't bring back J.J., he could slide in the starting lineup of the two. Ooh. Yeah, he wasn't really consistent, but he also wasn't getting consistent minutes. He had a game where you know, his first bucket, he, it was a, th- a three that was the only shot he made, um, and then he went one for two, one for five, one for three, one, uh, no, two for five from, from three. So, I mean, he wasn't getting a ton of looks, but, you know, out there, I mean, he, he, he you know, put up some decent, money, uh, some de- decent moments, too, and also in, in uh the first game against Brooklyn and the second game against uh, in the first game against Toronto, uh, he was plus fifteen in, in both those games combined. So I mean, he was a positive out there. Um, most of those were a little bit kind of in in, in trash minutes, they but were, still, yeah. Um, you know, so, so, some positives that you can just take curious out of it. if you thought you know he if you saw enough out of him this past year to be like, all right, this guy's definitely going to be a good part of our future and going to be able to contribute. Like you said, that depleted bench, and you need somebody who can step up there mm-hmm. and really help with that second unit. Yeah, I think he's a good bench player. I, I don't know if I have tr- enough trust in him yet to start him, obviously, but I would still – I think J.J. is a big priority, obviously, this offseason, but I think he'll want to come back. And I think, yeah, I, I would have enough confidence right now saying that he could be a backup too. I think like, it would be – Yeah, I think it would be interesting to see if how well they do trust him because there's been talks that, you know, you, you want to bring in a point guard who can play defense against true point guards, and that way you could use Ben in different situations um, and, and guard, you know, more better wings and, and guys that he's more, you know, sized to guard. And if he plays well enough, Zaire, maybe you do just run him at the one, possibly, because you know he offensively he won't be a one. But you, as our boy John loves to say, you are who you defend. Mm-hmm. And, and if Zaire is this next, you know, Zaire God, defends two through five. That's the thing. I, I can mean, new ones maybe. I, if he can defend a five, I think he can defend a one. Um, <laughs> and so I, I think it'd be interesting to see like how how progressed he is defensively. Because that way, you know, maybe you even get a, a you know at least a defensive point guard out there, and and if he's able to be a decent shooter, then that just expands that that mm-hmm. that, that range. And yeah. Maybe we'll see Brett Brown's creativity out there, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Jake, what are your final thoughts on the Sixers? Do you feel like it's the right direction? Do you feel like this might just be another stalling year where the Sixers kind of have their their feet in the the mud, or is it you know certain moves will you know fire off certain things? Um, I think looking back at the past year. I think that Jimmy Butler trade was great value, great great trade. I think Tobias Harris trade, now that we're out in the second round, it was probably unnecessary. 
and trading that pick and trading Shamit. It's obviously getting out on the same round as he did last year. It's, it's rough. It's rough looking back at it. But if Toby does come back and we improve and make the conference finals or whatever next year, it'll be worth it. Um, I think it's another growing year for the team. I think your two best players, I mean, Jimmy might have been your second best player in the playoffs, but overall your two best players are still in their mid to early 20s. I think it's a bright, bright future for the team. Jimmy was 100% the second best player on the Sixers in the postseason. I'm saying in the playoffs, yeah, but in the regular season he wasn't. Yeah, for sure. No, in no, he, he, he still was. <laughs> no, he definitely not. Jimmy's so much better. Jimmy's the best. <laughs> Final thoughts, Ricky. Jimmy the, the last thing I just wanted to throw out there is if Toby leaves and goes to a different team, one free agent I would maybe look to kind of lure away from their team is a Thaddeus Young, um, mainly because of what Jake said. Give me someone who can play defense, and Thaddeus Young can do that. But also with Indiana, is he going to want to go back with Vic coming off an injury, Tyreek Evans now? He definitely will not be back because of his two-year um, ban from the league. So, like, that's a guy I look at to where if you want to bring in a veteran, he could be around the be same price that um, Toby would be or Toby was this past year. Be interesting. Final thoughts. I'm all about that offensive supernova. You need to go get Terrence Ross. Mm, boy. <laughs> you missed out on him in the Markel Folds trade, which was ridiculous. Uh, you should have got him. Um, so I think that he would. He's, he's the dream for the second unit, man. Like, that guy can run second units. That guy can score. He can facilitate. I don't. I don't understand the question, Sean. I'll, what do you mean? Like you're just you're, you're giving me like a puzzled look over. Was, that. Like I'm I saying was, something that's not true. I was going to one up you. I was just going to one up you. Jake wants a, a backup center. Go get Vucevic. Oh, there you go. Vucevic, oh. a backup center. He's already a sixer before. Run, run the Vucevic second man. unit, baby. Run the second unit. You can put up like twenty per thirty six. It'd be fucking sweet. Fair um, enough, bro. <laughs> all right, uh, it, it was fun with Jake. Uh, hopefully, you know, next time we talk about the Sixers, uh, they'll be winning some games uh, in, in next year, or uh, you know, maybe they make some big splashes in the free agency market, and maybe uh, Jimmy comes back and we, we revisit this uh, topic. But uh, right now, definitely just gonna have to you know see what happens at the start of 2019-2020 before we actually start making real judgments on Brett Brown, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler and what this team can actually uh, do in the East, especially you know with what's going to happen with Boston, with uh, Kyrie Irving, if they're going to get Anthony Davis, et cetera, et cetera. But, Jake, as always, we appreciate you joining us. We appreciate you being a patron. If you want to be a patron like Jake, check out patreon.com slash podcast. But let's move into the final topic, and Hawks fans, you've been waiting so patiently. We are going to give you the topic that you've been waiting for, finally after the NBA draft lottery, which I guess kind of they didn't want because uh, no. it was not the, 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 the results they wanted. You ended up with the 8th pick and the 10th pick, the 10th pick being from Dallas in the Luka Doncic trade, so that trade is final. Trey Young and the 10th pick for Luka Doncic. We'll obviously see what that turns into. They could obviously make some trades, and that's what we're going to talk about now. So Hawks fans, thank you for your patience, and thank you for always commenting. Make a video on the Hawks. We appreciate you. We hear you. We've been giving it. We've been, we've been hyping it up, and now it's finally here. Hopefully, we deliver. Uh, let's now get into the options. They can obviously take two players. They could also package those two picks and try to move up. They can pick one player at like eight and move down from ten. They can really open up their uh, minds to anything that they they could you know be of interest to. I mean, mm-hmm. if Boston wants to move up, maybe they get the fourteenth or twenty pick. Uh, that's what we're gonna talk about here. Yeah, so, I think that pretty much covers up. We can pretty much wrap it up on the yeah, Atlanta. Hawks see you guys, guys. Thanks, yep, thanks. thanks for waiting. Uh, no, let's get into the first one, and that's just if they pick eight and ten. All right, let's yep. let's just let's Scenario narrow that down. One. Yes. So Ricky, don't bring up a trade if they're picking no, eight yeah. and ten. No trades because we'll get into trades later. What should they be looking for? Now, the thing that I kind of think about with this is because I look back to the mock we just did mm, about God, a week ago, which uh, you guys should Sean check that it. one out where we did the live um, on Twitch and then kind of 
Yeah, we lived a lot out, and then yeah. we did the and, mock. And that one, you had Jared Culver and Bull Bull going there. Mm-hmm. Dave had Cam Reddish and Jackson Hayes going there. And I had Bull Bull at eight and Nasir Little going there, which I still hate. Yeah, and I mean, for me, the thing, one of the best fits, and I say one of because I've got two picks, is a guy that I had going to the Cavs. That actually, Dave's mock, I think, is a better fit for the Hawks. That's Cam Reddish. Like, it's a situation where I think Cam Reddish is a guy, I've said it before, needs to go somewhere where the expectations aren't really that high. Um, unless the Hawks do what Dave was talking about in we'll the get Anthony to it. Davis we'll get to trade. It later. Um, it's basically, for me, the Hawks could be a good situation of he wouldn't be asked to do much. Trey Young is a better passer, better facilitator than R.J. Barrett that he had at Duke. Or Trey Jones. Or Trey Jones. Wouldn't have to deal with the Zion kind of blocking the sun and having um, him on the team. He could just be one of the guys on the team, do what he does best, and could possibly be a guy that when Trey Young's off the floor could run the offense for this team and add defense to them. So that's kind of the first guy I look at. Of who could fall for them, even though I had about four. You had you had him going. Yeah, wait, what did you say? Even though I had Cam Reddish go to the Cavs, Dave oh, had think, him you go said, to the Hawks. You said four. They yeah, did. five. Yeah, the Cavs um, yeah. would have drafted him. At four. I, I I like the Culver pick way better mm-hmm. than Cam Reddish, and we've talked about this. Obviously, the disagreement that we Cavs have mm-hmm. between that five. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was I said four. Yeah. I meant yeah. five. Yeah, you're, you're good. Uh, you have him going to the Cavs. That's yeah. all. Um, I disagree with you. I I think. Jared Culver's a way better fit. And the fact that he fell there, that's a that's a perfect, mm-hmm. perfect, perfect place for him to land. Um, you know, maybe you don't move Herder out of the lineup, maybe you do. Yada yada yada. This kid can be a spot up shooter. He can be a secondary ball handler, and he's gonna be instant defense no matter what. I think he's perfect next to Trey Young. Mm-hmm. I think that's why you move Herder to the bench because I think he's that good of a defender right away. Just slide him over. And I think that he can be that good of a uh, a spot up shooter. Now that's going to then bring up the fact of, you know, people, and especially our boy uh, Nico Damas on Twitter, we're going to be like, well, then why don't you have the Lakers going Jared Culver? Well, that's because I think that Darius Garland's ceiling is so much higher um, mm-hmm. than, than than Jared Culver. But if he's next to a great point guard like Trey Young, um, and I think that speed is going to really help him rather than like LeBron slow trotting, pacing, uh, you know, using 24 uh, seconds of the shot clock. Um, I, I really think that Jared Culver would, would thrive in Atlanta. I think playing at that high speed, getting guys really open would be huge. I, I, I love that fit of Culver, and that's that's a great value for them at 8. Yeah, if he was available at 8, I, I actually think you killed that on that one, Ricky. Um, Sean, for all the reasons you mentioned, and then just the pairing of Trey Young, having someone else he can defer to when he does get dealt up because, because of his small size, he uses his quickness mostly to come off of screens to try to get open shots or to create for others. But there's sometimes where it's just like that defense focuses in on him. He needs someone else who can step up, and Jarrett Culvert can be that guy. So I would be intrigued to see uh, you know, him paired up with Trey Young leading that offense. Be really exciting. Are you upset if you're a Hawks fan? Let's say let's say you are looking at the kind of two three position at eight. Are you upset with either of Cam Reddish, Jerk Culver, or even a DeAndre Hunter? Are you just hoping one of those three guys Honestly, gets to you at eight? I would be thrilled if one of those guys got to me at eight because I, I think the, the board is so fluid right now. We've got mm-hmm. basically the top three, potentially four locked in with the rumors about the Lakers and Darius Garland. Three for sure locked in because yeah. Lakers could always trade that pick. Right, but still that could be the guy coming off the board. Yeah, potentially but, five of the top six with the Suns and Kobe White. Here's yeah. the thing is, even if the Knicks trade that pick, it's still R.J. Barrett. Right. That, that's what I'll make. 
That's mm-hmm. what I'll say. Okay. At least. Fair you know, so that, that's I think the top three are for sure, for sure locked in. The thing is, is just I, I look at it, and if, if we're saying which which is the best you know outcome for them, yeah, I would have to rank it: Ricky getting Jerry Culver and Bobo, then Dave, Cam Reddish, and Jackson Hayes, and then me, Bobo, and and Nasir Little, because I think you got to go wing and big, and that's that's mm-hmm. that's all it would win for. Because right now you have Trey yeah. Young, you have Kevin Herter who plays the two or the three. Um, you have Torin Prince, but you know Prince is a little bit older, so maybe you want to get someone younger who's going to fit more of the timeline. You already have Collins at the force; so you're not going to look after that. And you have Deadman, who's a expiring, uh, U, uh, who's a UFA. Um, and you want to go get a, a younger five. So I think that Bobo is definitely an interesting pick because he has so much potential, but also Hayes, you, you talk about his defensive abilities next to John Collins. Um, but at the same time, do you want a five who can shoot threes? As Sean and I talked about in the PTP. Three plugs, one show. I love it. I'm on fire today. I don't even remember when we talked about Bobo. With Gorga. That's right. <laughs> Ricky's boy, Gorga Batazde. Gorga Batazde. Um, yes, we know his name is Goga. It's just go with it. But I, I look at this, and I, I think that, you know, that's that's a dream scenario, them getting Culver and Bobo. But that's also you had DeAndre Hunter fall all the way to 11 and Jackson Hayes going before them at 9. Um, you know, you, you had Brandon Clark going four, which kind of threw that that whole thing off. So, really, the possibilities of that happening are are, are slightly slim. It's a long shot, but I could see a player like Hunter potentially falling. I could. Jarrett's a hard one to see falling. I think it's more likely to see Cam fall, and it's more likely to see mm-hmm. a player like DeAndre Hunter fall. Well, even though they're they're both very good prospects, but it's just the way this can work out with different team needs. I can see either one of those uh, two, three kind of wing guys, maybe four even for. Hunter, uh, be available at that position. Well, and here's the thing: is I think I think we all kind of have three different slots for these these Hawks picks. Mm-hmm. Ricky's is best case scenario. Dave is what's probably most likely going to happen: Cam falling, or more more like most likely to happen: Cam falling and Jackson Hayes being available. And then mine is like kind of worst case scenario, where I, I think I kind of made a mistake not going Seku at eight, and then just seeing what the Wizards were going to do because. You know, if they take Bobo, oh well, Jackson Hayes is still on the board. Mm-hmm. Or if we like Brandon Clark that much, Brandon Clark's still on the board as a as a rim protector. But obviously now with him coming out being like six, six eight, eight yeah, with shoes. Um that's six six without shoes. Like I mean, like very concerning his size. And I don't think I don't know if he will be a rim protector. Um but J- Jackson Hayes definitely has the body to be a rim protector. Mm-hmm. So like I, I think I've totally screwed up on the, the Hawks picks, so I think that would be worst-case scenario for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, ultimately, I think it's going to end up being, like, who is going to be available at 8? And I think at that 8th pick, it's most likely just get the best wing available because you're probably going to have your choice at some impact big, whether that be Jackson Hayes to to play defense next to John Collins, whether that be Bull Bull to have that unicorn, or... Whether you take a shot at Goga, um, yeah, because this is your honestly. second pick, and I I love the guy, and I, I think he's a very interesting player. I just I was wondering about the Hawks, and I was like, well, you know, I, I thought that would be a good spot for him, but they already took Bobo at eight, so they're not going to take double up on centers. There's no way. Um, and I like Gogo way better than Nasir Little, but I was mm-hmm. I was trying to fit a a wing on there, and, right. and now with the the news about Brandon Clark being so small, maybe you do take Brandon Clark there. You know, like maybe you take a shot at him and, and try to see... mold him into a more of a three kind of guy. Yeah. Maybe develop that shot. I think that would be something that'd be very interesting to see. Is you he's know, older, but at the same time, I still think he could grow his game. Yeah, I I think he'd be an interesting player there. Um, I and but then Nasir Little. I mean, you see the the measurements coming out, and it's just like Jesus Christ, the NBA body's there, mm-hmm. and now he's coming out saying, "Oh, the coaches didn't set me up right." And Ricky, you you brought this up multiple times when we mm-hmm. talked about Nasir Little. Um, I just wonder if Nasir truly believes that and what he actually thinks his role is going to be. 
Like, what does he think he's going to be in the NBA to be a successful NBA player? I, I don't know what that is. Does I he mean, think he's a guy that needs the ball in his hands consistently? Because he didn't really have that opportunity at UNC. Well, the thing I just wanted to mention was yeah, go ahead. the thing about his comments that I, they rubbed me the wrong way. Um, because even if, let's say it was true that the coaches put you in a wrong situation, if I am a team, if I'm ownership, coach, I would rather hear someone say, hey, you know what? It just wasn't a good situation. This is what I need to do to get better. Kind of put the blame on yourself rather than a guy who's just going to. Because, like, to me, this screams, oh, so if things don't go your way, you're just going to point fingers. Are you going to be the guy that points fingers and goes, it's your fault, your fault, your fault? Or is it going to be, hey, I need to. This is me, and I know Dave making the joke about Terry Rozier. Literally um, the opposite. That's that's all, literally all I did was my teammates sucked, my coach yeah. sucked. I'm so much better. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's just for this team to lose. It's not a good look, and especially like Terry Rozier can come out and do that because it doesn't matter. He's either going to get a contract with someone else or get paid by the Celtics. Um, it's not a good look to do publicly. It's no, it's not. It's going to ESPN like, all day and. That Especially as a draft pick too, oh, because yeah. like like Terry Rozier is going to get his money. Someone will pay him because there's there's exactly. so many teams desperate for a point guard or to try to screw over the Celtics of like, hey, have fun trying to get things when you got to pay Terry Rozier this much now if you want to sure. keep him. Um, I think it's a bad look. I mean, I don't think Nasir Little to me. I would not. I didn't have him in my lottery for. Obvious reasons. I mean, yes, the measurables of, like, Dave, you mentioned while we were off the air of, like, he's got a grown man's body, but really it's like I've said numerous times with Nasir Little, what are you getting mentally above the shoulders? I'm not talking about smarts. I'm talking about maturity at this point. Are you getting someone who is going to be a mature player on your team? And that's why if I'm the Hawks, I would stay away from him because he could be more of a cancer to this young team than a benefit. Do you think there's any of those? We, we hit kind of like the top wings, and then you kind of hit that Nasir mm-hmm. Little, which makes me go, so that second tier of wings, whether we're talking a Sekou Demboya, Kevin Porter Jr., even, you know, a Nikhail Alexander-Walker, somebody who can play the two for you. Uh, obviously, Sekou playing more of the three or the four. But like, even a P.J. Washington, is there a chance that some of these guys can slide up for that Hawks? Should they go with a center with well, their first? And I like PJ. See, but here's the thing: is I if if I'm thinking about that, then why not move down? Because mm-hmm. if you're saying all these options are available, then why know. not move down if a team is you know very interested in a Seku Demboya? That way you can get a you know extra value. Yeah. Let's just say you know Boston wants it and they'll give up fourteen twenty two mm-hmm. uh, to slide down. I don't think they'll do that. I think that's too much value or whatever. Um, but that that's something that I, I think that the Hawks should explore because. P.J. Washington might be a guy that's still available at 14, and that way you get those extra picks to, you know, replenish and just keep yeah. adding on, and you get, you know, uh, another backup center who, if you take Bobo, then you don't have to worry about, you know, if, if Bobo doesn't pan out, you can at least get a guy that you might be able to work on, like, you know, Charles Bassey or Daniel Gafford. Like, yeah. I think you can get a lot of value um, moving down and scenario, still, you know, still addressing your needs. Yeah, because if, like, Culver's off the board, mm-hmm. Cam's off the board, and even um, DeAndre Hunter's off the board already, like... They're in that situation, like okay, so you like you said, you can take a flyer on Bulbul, or if you move back, you can get a couple of those guys who, obviously, they've got a. In in our heads, we've slid them into tiers already, basically saying their top end might not be as high, 
But this year's draft, I think there's there's a very large, you know, like C tier of grouping. Like you have Zion, you've got Ja, RJ, and then you've got I think Bobel as far as top end potentials right there with them. Darius Garland right there with them. But then you've got everybody else in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's literally like I I could take you know six through twenty two and probably put them in a bag, shake them up, and be like, you know what, I could make a case for that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I think Sean, as far as trading back, that might be a wise idea if things do roll out poorly for them with the earlier draft selections from other teams taking their guys off the board. Here's the thing, though: Are you looking for? Let's say you go to trade back the tenth pick. Yeah. Are you looking for a pick next year? Are you looking for maybe an additional pick in 2021? Because looking at the next four years for this team, yeah, this year they've got the two picks. Next year they have their own, and with Cleveland's pick, they will get it if Cleveland's not in the top 10. Yeah, they'll get it between 11 and 30, so odds are they might not have that pick. Who knows um, with which, the lottery chances? Exactly. Um, but if that's a top ten pick, if that's an eleventh pick or later, then it's a um, hawk. That probably will be a second round pick as it gets deferred because I don't think Cleveland will be that well. So now that I'm looking at it, getting a 2020 pick for sure that could be like, hey, we know that we're not going to have this Cleveland pick. Let's get another one instead. Then they got their own in 2021, the infamous high school. Um, class that we may get. Could be 2020, could be 2021, mm-hmm. could be 2022. And then 2022, unless the Thunder blow everything up, they'll most likely have the Thunder pick, which will be 15 to 30. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I would probably go for, I, I would try to get next year. I honestly, the, the more I'm looking into next year's draft class, it looks like it's got a deep mm-hmm. pool of talent. Looks like there's some interesting prospects. And you don't want to pile up the contract years too close. Like, they've already got, you know, Trey Young and Herter are together. You've got John Collins from the year before. I'm trying to space that out because I don't want to pay Torian Prince that much money This uh, when he comes off of his first mm-hmm. contract. I don't think he's going to do a ton, but he's a solid player. So it's just you need to spread that out. Otherwise, you work yourself into some bad cap situations, I think, going forward. Yeah, I think, too, looking at these two picks, it's like it's kind of a disappointment because – at some point, it was, you know, oh, we can get our own pick in the top five, and then, you know, we can, at worst, we're, we're 10. So that way we can get, you know, a top five pick and, mm-hmm. and, and a 10th pick, and that way we'll have the pick of our elite wing, yeah. like a Culver, like a, a, a Radish, if you think he's elite, um, like a, a Hunter, and then with the 10th pick, you can still have your choice of a center. But now at this 8 and 10 spot, it's like, well, do we try to trade up and get one of those elite guys that we think can be there? I mean, that way we don't have to pay two guys, like you were saying, you know, in the same year and, and re-up yeah. them. Because what if both guys hit? I mean, that'd be great for the, the, the franchise. That's a good but, problem to have. Yeah. yeah it um, does limit your options in free agency moving forward. For sure. And, and, and I think that would be something that they do kind of look at. It's like, well, if we're taking a shot at Ball Ball and, you know, he's not going to pan out injury-wise— well, or, you know, health-wise, maybe we do look and, you know, if Washington wants, or not Washington, I'm sorry, uh, if if the Bulls don't get the, the, the players and point guards that they want, maybe they mm-hmm. move down, or maybe uh, the Cavs are looking to just replenish and just get as many guys to play next to Colin Sexton, then maybe they do move down as well, because there's no real pressing need for the Cavs. Like, getting Cam Reddish would be a nice project, but hell, maybe we're talking about Cam Reddish possibly being there at eight. Maybe you just take a shot and be like, if he's there at eight, we'll roll the dice. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that this team's kind of stuck in a rock and a hard place where it's like, 
Do we go after the two guys and take two shots? Do we go and get our guy and, and, and move up? Or do we just try to get the best value that, that's out there? And ultimately, looking at Trey Young and how effective mm-hmm. he was, and looking at John Collins and seeing possibly all-star potential oh, at, yeah. at his peak, and seeing Kevin Herter's impact on both ends of the floor last year, I, I really think that trading up might be the smartest because you already traded back last year. You got that 10th pick. You're kind of just playing with house money at that point. I think going up and getting an impact player would really, really just probably put you near near like that 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 finishing you know the the starting lineup because you'll you'll have to bring back Deadman um, most likely and I, I think he's a good fit on that team. Yeah, but I, I I think that if you're able to get a Culver, you're able to kind of mm-hmm. see the, the the direction of where you need to go now. It's not really, oh, hey, we're mm-hmm. just gathering players. Now it's like, okay, well, now we have a direction and we know where we want to go and we need to know what steps these guys need to take because we have this envision for our team. So you're focusing on that number five pick likely from the Cavs. Do you think that they can get that value back? Because <sighs> it's either like the Cavs seem like the team that's right in the crosshairs because, like you said, one through three is pretty locked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Four, there's the rumors about Garland being picked off the board. Mm-hmm. So Then I look rumors at the Cavs. about the Suns at six. Rumors about the Suns at six. We know if the Suns take someone at six, where the Bulls might be in the position where there's no more point guards at the top of the draft, mm-hmm. we might be looking to trade back. And I don't know, you know... Yeah, but the last time we traded back was... The last time we traded back, we were obviously moving Jimmy. Um, so you moved mean, up. We moved up 16 to 7. That's yeah. right, we did. Um, I completely blanked on that. But, like, for me, it's like Last time even you moving moved up oh, from eight, like moving up from eight to seven, though, is that really that much? I don't know. If you think, unless you think the Bulls really Bulls are going to take your guy. Uh, I'm just saying, like, as far mm-hmm. as like the Cavs are really the only option. Last time you yeah. moved back, I think, it was Lamarcus Aldridge. Yikers. Mm. Two to four. Yeah. That seems about right. I just, for me, it's to me, it might be a little impossible for the Hawks to move up unless the, ca- the Cavs, right? unless the Cavs if, are like, yes, we want to move back. What if the Bulls move back and they're like, all right, well, we don't have our point guard at all, and they move to ten, and then mm-hmm. Atlanta gets back to back picks at seven and eight, and you know Atlanta gives up future picks, like if you, if, you know they give up that tenth pick and then obviously a future. Do you think that entices the Bulls at all? If let's say Kobe, Garland, and Morant are off the board. Maybe. Yeah. Because no, I would say, like... You get a future pick. Um, the, the question... Is there a reason for the Hawks to do that? Yeah. It, if they really want to, like, say it works out, so we know one through four. Mm-hmm. Five, we're going to say... We'll say, say the one through four. So one is Zion, two is Ja, three is RJ, mm-hmm. four is going to be Darius Garland. Yeah. From the rumor, rumor mill mm-hmm. right now, as we record. Um, and then we're stuck at five... Consensus on the ha- or on the Cavs taking a wing, Jared Culver. Culver. So Culver's off at five. And then White goes. Suns take White. So then we're looking at having DeAndre Hunter, mm-hmm. very attractive prospect. Cam Radish, Jackson Hayes, Seku. I would I would personally do that if I'm the Hawks. And the re the reason why I would seriously think about doing that is yeah. the same thing that happened to you, Sean, mm-hmm. in our mock draft of basically all right. Now I'm at seven and eight. I get my wing. I get my center. I don't have to worry about the Hawks get or not the Hawks. The I don't have to worry about the Wizards taking one of my bigs. If at seven we take the wing we want, 
At eight, we take the center we want. We leave. Yes, I have to give up a next year's um, pick. But I check all my boxes. Do, do they go after a big, though, or do they double up? Because what if they go Cam Reddish and get and a project and then go get DeAndre Hunter, who can guard fours, and then you move Collins to the five? You could do that, too. And yeah. then, obviously, you could also just add a ton of versatility if you resign mm-hmm. Deadman, too. Yeah. yeah. That, I, I think that might be the best route to go, then, because you just have wing depth and hope on the, on the future because Cam's got incredible upside, mm-hmm. and Hunter is a professional coming in. And he's versatile enough to guard multiple positions, like hey, you said. In the last 2K, uh, my team I did too. Guess what? DeMarcus Cousins became a hawk, and they have a ton of cap space. So <laughs> and you know what? Fuck. You know what pairs well with the DeMarcus Cousins? What? Anthony Davis. Oh, I thought Jesus. you were going to tease it and say, check out our other segment. Check out our other segment for the details on that. <laughs> I mean, do you, you want to bring it up? I'll just say, if you haven't How realistic it, do you think it is? Because I, I mean, Hawks fans are coming in. So t- Hawks t- fans, lay it out watch there. the segment on Anthony no, Davis. Lay it out here. There's a treat for you at the end. <laughs> lay it out here. I I think there's I don't know like a three percent chance. That's mm-hmm. pretty high. Yeah, for a they've team got, that's not even in the discussion. They've got multiple else. future picks. They've got multiple picks this year. They've got future picks for uh, next couple of years mm-hmm. that they can move. They've got a ton of cap space so they can bring in a top free agent. They can pair them with one of the best young point guards who has unlimited fucking range. They've got Kevin Herter, who's going to be a very good two-way, uh, two or three at the NBA level, whatever they want to slot him in as. And they've got a good movable piece in John Collins, who I know he might be a future all-star, and offensively he is gifted. Good Lord. But Anthony Davis, people. Anthony fucking Davis. Mm-hmm. Pairing with you know maybe a reunion tour with Boogie Cousins. That would be <sighs> disgusting. And you still roll out the corpse of Vince Carter. And you're fucking, like, come on, man. Also, shout out to Mari Spellman, who we just never yeah. mentioned in any of these Hawk videos. Because well, he, 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 he was fine. He's growing. When he was drafted, he was everyone's like, they got their dream on. Yeah. yeah. We got our dream on. Yeah. He, he's good. He's, he's a good bench he's unit fine. kind of guy. He's fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think that... <laughs> Sean's almost conscious <laughs> yeah. at this point. I, I just think that this team, like... I feel like they're they're, they're, they're they're close I, to a playoff team next year. I kind of I feel I feel like they're it's kind the of like a piece away, and maybe maybe Hunter is that guy to put him over because he brings just that that somewhat veteran mindset already. Because I know he's a, an older player, he's a sophomore, but he he just seems so mature already, and he's but such Culver. a good defender. What do, what do you like about Culver? I, think, I, I would take Culver over Hunter. I think that secondary ball handler is so important for this team. How good of a secondary ball handler do you think he is? Though I mean, he was. Pretty good this year. I, uh, they did make it all the way through the tourney. Uh, yeah, but they know. choked. They did choke. He did choke. He choked. He choked. But that's okay, because he's not taking the last shot. Because mm-hmm. you got Trey Young chucking it from half court. <laughs> what if they put Ben Sims on him? He still throws it up from half court. Ben Sims can stuff that shit. Mm, don't know. He's two feet tall. Don't know about that. Uh, all I know is I think that if I was put in a position to say this team goes to the playoff next year, if they had DeAndre Hunter or Jarrett Culver... I'd say Jarrett Culver. Ricky. I know, th- I know it's a bizarre scenario, but yeah. Yeah. Ricky, final thoughts? My final thought is I do – the double wing intrigues me, but I think at the end of the day, wing center is what I go with. Um, and the interesting thing that so will you, be – you don't trade. You just stay 8-10? I would stay 8-10, and I'm thinking take a wing at 8, and then at 10, I think the interesting thing, if all centers are on the board because anything can happen – Let's say the Wizards don't go to center. It'll be interesting. There's, in my mind, I'm starting to even throw around possibly taking a Jackson Hayes instead of a ball ball to focus more on defense and rim running 
compared to um, shooting from the outside. You have three second-round picks, 35, yeah. 41, 44. I think there are a lot of centers we've talked about. You're very key on Gafford. Mm-hmm. Could be a potential center in the second round. A lot of people are just tanking stock on different players, whether it's John T. Porter because of his injury. Um, I know Bassey had some interesting or some disappointing measurables. But there, there hey, are, what if Naz Reed's still out there? Who, who's Second that, round uh, steal, baby. Who's that big guy you guys like? Uh, he, he's like a fifth year senior or something from like Zaga. Killian oh, Tilly. Killian Tilly. Yep. Like there's also Tilly, Clax- there's Norvell. There's yeah, Claxton, Claxton as well. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, there, there's some guys in that second round, bigs, if you did double up on the wings. Also, to go at your Ben Simmons take, Sean, mm-hmm. um, just what was ask, it with Ben Simmons take? With, uh, just Stuff put Ben Simmons on him. Oh. Just ask uh, what Paul George thinks of Damian Lillard, because they're similar heights. I don't get it. The shot. like l- They're not Lil- similar heights. Lillard is 6'3". Trey on Wikipedia is like five foot twelve. Says six two on Wikipedia. Sure. Um, and then six nine for Paul George, six ten for Ben Simmons. So similar. Yeah. And Damien hit those. That are, shot. That's two inches right there, buddy. <laughs> um, and ask a woman. Two inches will 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 help you wow. put it. Will, will help you put in a light bulb. And that's. And that's that, right? Take us home, Sean. to be sexual, guys. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hawks fans, let us know what you want down in the comments below. I'm sorry. I have not slept in about, uh, what's, I mean, pretty much Time. closing in on uh, on on 36 hours? You said, a, well, so we're, we're here on Friday, and you said you've been up since 11 a.m. on Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. 11 a.m. Yeah, 11 a.m. Yeah, 11 a.m. p.m. I, uh, I haven't done that since Christ. high school. I, I know not, how that feels. I have never done it. And, uh, oh, boy, I have yeah. to drive a get motor like, vehicle, baby. And after, like, during this segment when you said, yeah. like, yeah. one thing, I'm like, oh, I've been there before. Yeah. I know exactly what's been going there on. there a lot, Sean. I'm in the darkness, people. I feel the pain. <laughs> All I right. understand it. Uh, have a great one, everybody. Uh, for Dave Oster, Ricky Wimmer, I'm Sean Anderson. Make sure you check out patreon.com slash podcast. And hopefully this uh, fulfilled something for you Hawks fans. I'm sorry if it sucked. If we have to redo it next week we have to redo it next week uh but uh i'm, I'm crashing so uh hope you guys have a great weekend uh ricky's gonna fill in for me next week on the prompt podcast well I, i'm rick i'm filling in for ricky who's filling in for me um yeah. right yeah yeah yeah. Rick, yeah so uh next week on the prompt podcast you guys are gonna do uh, some mm-hmm. great stuff on the nba combine so if you guys want to check that out definitely do so and then we'll be back for the fast break as well next week and we might even have uh you know our nba finals matchup set if mm-hmm. uh sweeps happen so uh stay tuned to that make sure you subscribe to us on itunes and check out patreon.com slash most of podcast but for dave oster ricky Wimmer, i'm sean anderson we'll see you next time thank you for listening to this mvp podcast follow us on twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.